Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, first round of the Masters, Tiger Woods is one shot off the lead. That's not a bad thing, of course. He's right in the mix. Everybody just kind of muddling around there at Augusta National. Nobody really jumping into uh, uh, a big lead and off to the races on a Thursday. So uh, conditions are beautiful. We just made our way back from beautiful Augusta. Was there this morning for a couple of hours. And uh, just in time, pulled in to hear Leonard Fournette arrested. We obviously didn't drive as fast as uh, Leonard Fournette. Uh, speed, he's obviously no longer in Wyoming. He's back for off-season conditioning. It looks like he's going to be here. I guess that's the positive uh, for when everybody reports next week uh, to the facility. But really just a word in moments ago, short time ago, really, we got it a couple hours ago. We've been working on it, and it was an interesting deal because – Leonard Fournette uh, pulled over. Uh, somebody actually on Twitter had a little bit of video of that, and that that was for speeding. We actually had our chopper up with Action News Jackson in the area at the same time, and they we were like, well, we must not have got arrested because he was handed a piece of paper and he wasn't cuffed or taken, you know, in or anything like that. But uh, well, shortly later in the jail log, and uh, he did go to the courthouse. Um, or the jail and say uh, and, and, you know, was arrested. So he's in the jail log for um, suspended, revoked or canceled the license. And I guess you got to pay your tickets, right? Got to pay your tickets. Not going to lie. When I saw the headline because it came in my phone, Leonard Fournette arrested. It didn't have any more explanation. So I was like, oh, something happened. And then as I read into it, um Listen, anytime you get arrested and you go to jail, it's a serious matter. Let's not uh, make any excuses here. But the fact that it's a, it's a ticket that he didn't pay for and then that was kind of the cause of suspended license, not the biggest deal. Still doesn't make you maybe – it doesn't put you in the best of light. But I guess if if a guy was going to get arrested, I'd rather have him get arrested for that than obviously some more serious things. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a, here's the deal. We live in a world and a society now where we kind of make everything relative to the next thing. And uh, do I think this is a big deal? Uh, not really. You know, people speed. Um, I've got a speeding ticket before. Uh, people don't pay their tickets or parking tickets or whatever. Maybe they forgot. Maybe they lost track of it. Maybe just totally escaped them. They meant to whatever. And maybe they just flat out didn't do it. Uh, Does it make you a terrible human being? No. But this is a Leonard Fournette who, uh, by every account, is trying to reinvent himself and be serious about the sport. And after a miserable year of what I guess we could classify as being a pro in 2018, all the injuries, uh, you know, it's – I think what the Jags will say in, in a little bit, they'll release a statement short, shortly, I, I would expect, and they'll say they're disappointed um, and they know about it and they'll hand it, handle it internally. So, again, do I think the actual transgression is a big deal? No. But you'd like to get some positive momentum going if you're Leonard Fournette. And this just is another thing. You know, guys that, that either always – have issues or problems off the field, on the field, 
they always do something else. And it's interesting with Leonard because Leonard had anything from the bench deal with TJ Yeldon to just the fact that he was injured to some of the things he didn't want to talk about or say with the media. Um, And then all the other things that you kind of hear rumblings about. And now this. So it's just like there's always something. You know, when you, you know, that kid on your team, it's just always something. And when it's always something and you're just an average player, well, you usually go somewhere else. When it's always something and you score a lot of touchdowns, run for a lot of yards, you know what? You can kind of overlook always something. But when you have a year like last year where you hardly play and always something turned into a bit of a distraction at times, well, that's a problem and a dilemma to the point where they took away his guaranteed money. Now he's going to try to go get it back. He's out in Wyoming trying to get it back, trying to get in good shape, trying to do all the right things. He comes back and, well, this happens. And, again, if you're just jumping in, this happening to Leonard Fournette is, yes, he got arrested. He was speeding, so he got pulled over. And then on top of that, he had a canceled, revoked, or suspended license. That's the way it reads in the jail log. I mean, I got it right in front of me. So, uh, it, again, is it a huge deal? Probably not. I mean, listen, if, if this is something that was unpaid, re- he's been in Wyoming. <laughs> so maybe he just forgot about the deadline to do well, it. It could be as simple as that. So uh, it's it just come on, Leonard. You're, everything's going the right way. You look good on social media. You're tweeting about it. You're working out at Wyoming. You're away from any other problems that could potentially happen. I like the way he's headed in 2019. And then, all right, this is going to hit a little bit of a speed bump. It is. I just feel no like pun this intended. is. This is going to and I, and I see that the media and whatnot and you know ESPN I can see this thing getting so blown out of proportion though unfortunately just because of Leonard his history I guess basically um if this was like a first offense and he didn't have the issues last year of getting in a fight in Buffalo and then uh you know uh like the GM calling him out I'm not GM but uh, Tom Coughlin calling Fournette out we wouldn't be talking about this, but the fact that he has a little bit of a history, now we have to bring this up because it just attacks on, attacks on. I don't, I'm not going to take much into this, to tell you the truth, because I remember being a football player. I got a speeding ticket, and I'm not going to lie to you, Brent, I didn't pay it on time. And if I would have got pulled over, I would have been in Fournette's shoes. So thankfully, somebody reminded me, like, hey, uh, you better pay that ticket. I'm like, oh, I totally forgot about that. I paid it. Everything was good, but people think like in the off season, like, you know, it's just, you're chilling, you're on vacation, you have a lot of free time. And especially in Leonard Fournette's case, I mean, he was in, you know, he was kind of off the grid a little bit. It seems like training. Um, I'm sure he had a bunch of things, whether it was talking to his agent, setting up interviews, um, maybe more endorsement deals, things like that. So it's not just because it's the off season means you have all this free time. I mean, you yes, you can go on vacation and whatnot, but you're still working. You, you still have a lot of things on your mind, especially him trying to come into the season and be a top-notch running back. So maybe he just forgot. I don't think this was obviously done on purpose by any means, and I'm just not that interested in it, to tell you the truth, Brent. Yeah, well, listen, I, I think for I, I agree with you on a lot of different uh, respects, okay, um, that I, I'm i not going to sit here and hold this against Leonard Fournette. But I do think I'm trying to put myself inside the organization right now. And listen, these guys deal with a bunch of stuff over the, you know. Yeah. I mean, things happen. And things happen that, a lot sometimes more than nobody, that nobody ever hears about. And some things happen that everybody hears about. And there's organizations all over sports that have to deal with big things. Th- this is not that. So I get it. 
But I still think as you're trying to build momentum, they went all in on on Leonard. They, you, we can talk about did they try to trade him last year, which I think they tried to. Were they thinking about just cutting ties with him? I don't know. It didn't make a lot of sense considering the dollars versus the potential. Um, would, would they have tried to trade him even in the offseason? No. Instead, what they did is they all met. Marone met. Fournette met. Coughlin met. Caldwell met. They said, listen. You got to do this. Uh, you got to you got to get right here. We we need you to be a pro. We need you to be a formidable player for us. We need you to produce. And part of that is this go step A, B, and C. And I still don't think they said go to Wyoming and work out. I just think that was a nice message for everyone else to say, hey, Fournette gets it. He knows this is a big year for him. He's got to be a better pro. He's got to be in better shape. He's got to be healthy. All those things. So I think. All of that is a positive sign. And then just to hit the speed, this this little thing right here now is, is to say, all right, well, he doesn't fully get it because he wasn't taking care of the things that he should have taken care of. Again, I don't think the speed – I think the speeding is irrelevant. I think it's more about, all right, take care of your business, you know, or whoever's helping you take care of biz, your business, make sure they're taking care of your business. And it stops there. Um, I, I think we're going to talk more about this today than we probably should, probably more than it warrants – but I don't blame us for that. Leonard Fournette's kind of made that bet, you know, because we wonder where his career is going. We do. And these things are always news in an NFL town when you have star athletes, and especially in a town like Jacksonville. But they also are news because, okay, what does it mean now? Is is this Does he still not get it? Or is it just one of those things that – coincidentally happened uh, to Leonard Fournette. So the Jags have issued a statement. I just tweeted it out uh, moments ago. And, and like I said, I pretty much could have wrote the statement for you. Uh, <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars are aware of the situation involving running back Leonard Fournette and are continuing to gather more information. No further comment will be provided at this time. Uh, you know, for the Jags perspective, I don't really think this goes anywhere. You know, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a big thing, um, but it's just a bad couple hours right now of PR for Leonard Fournette for the Jaguars. And now we get to talk about it for a couple segments, too. It's not a good look <laughs> for the team. It's not a good look for him. But he's, he's 24 years old. You know, I, I, I get it when you when you put the C on somebody, you make him a captain, you're the lead running back, you make him the face of the Well, I don't say the face of the franchise, but you make him a big part of the franchise. Yeah, expectations are high and whatnot, and he didn't do himself any favors by getting arrested. But you're 24 years old. You didn't pay a ticket. It happens. I'm willing to look past it. I hope other people do as well. Well, there you go. A good day for John Phillips to be stopping by and tackling the law. <laughs> uh, he will come by uh, or at least call in in the 4 o'clock hour, so we'll have that. Uh, we'll update you on the Masters. We'll talk more about Leonard Fournette a little bit. He brought it up, so why not? We'll continue to do that and so much more here on a Thursday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Tiger, Tiger Woods is in the lead at the Masters. So oh my. That's fun. 300 par tied with John Rahm. And your boy, John J.B. Holmes. Who's Looking that? good with the red beard and the green jacket. Who's that? Two underdog? Under par. Call him underdog? More like bona fide stud ready to take over, baby. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Uh, Tony Finau, who I picked, one under. Not bad. All right. Yeah, yeah, right there, respectable. Man. Listen, right, right in the hunt. Listen, there's cliches about majors. Just don't lose it on the first day. How's Kuz guy? Cool. Speaking of losing it, how's Kuz's dude doing? Uh, McElroy has been very quiet. Uh, Billy Horschel, one under. We heard from him yesterday. Mickelson, one under. 
Uh, Rory McElroy. Um, where are you, Rory? <laughs> oh, There's boy. so many guys at, at one under uh, or even par. I mean, it's just jammed up between three under and like one or two over. Mm-hmm. McElroy's one over. Garcia's one over. Um, really just a lot of guys treading water uh, on the course today. And really, that's what Tiger's done a fantastic job of. He He's playing very well. Tiger is. He should have. I, I don't like to say should. I don't. I haven't even seen how he made the birdie at 14. I was just uh, trying to watch that part, but you know he he played the backside perfect so far. Just very patient on 10, 11, 12, and then he birdies 13 with an easy two putt. He's driving the ball spectacular, uh, and then he just made birdie on 14. But I'm I'm hopefully going to see that on the video in a moment. Um, the front nine, he really squandered some chances because he missed two two putts. I think it was within six feet. And it might have even missed a third within six feet, but uh, had a couple of really good looks at birdie. And then he made a birdie on nine, which I think is a nice kind of get you one of those back because that was probably a bit unexpected. So uh, Tiger Woods tied for the lead with Harding and John Rahm. Harding, whoever that is. <laughs> I like golf and, and don't know who that is. Is that the guy from South America? Or, uh, South America. Um, it, from South Africa? Yeah, I uh, like said Justin uh, Harding. And I think uh, I, he's not an amateur, I don't believe. Uh, but I didn't do a lot of research on Justin Harding. So I have a golf question for you, and I kind of have a bone to pick, so let's let's kill two birds with one stone here. Obviously, I, I have a guy, shout out to J.B. Holmes, in the in the tournament. So I was intrigued, Brent. Even on the, the first opening day, I was intrigued to watch the, the Masters tournament. So I turn on ESPN. It said they had Masters coverage. Nothing was on there. It was just they're analyzing the scores and whatnot, but no live action. I turn on the golf network. And nothing was on there either. And this is, keep in mind, about 12.30ish or so. Yeah. Turn on the Golf Network, nothing on there as well. It was just basically they showed, they would show the scorecard, and then the people would break it down. Do they not show like the action the first day until later in the day, or how does that work? We are going to break you in slowly when it comes to <laughs> golf and the majors in I'm, I'm a wild golf. stallion, Brent. You really Beasy are. on me, man. Break but, me in slowly. Well, that's long been the story. They actually have more coverage of the Masters now than they ever have. They, they, it's, it's one of those deals. If you go back for years and years, it was in a window of three to six on Thursday and Friday. And even I think on Saturday and Sunday, I don't think they started the coverage until two o'clock or one o'clock. I forget what it was, but bottom line is tight window. Hmm. Whereas all the other tournaments have been, you know, they'll, they'll show as much as they can. Of course. And now with the golf channel, they show a lot more. Well, so even. In, I don't know, maybe say the last 10, 12, 15 years, the Golf Channel has expanded their coverage, but they'll just show you maybe a highlight or two or keep yeah. an eye on the scoreboard. That's it's, what you it's were something seeing. something live. It's just basically they, they show the scorecards like, hey, I'm new to golf, but I can read the scorecard yeah. just fine. You don't have to explain to me what a, what a birdie and a bogey is. Yeah, like, they all that's all these, it was. They all have these agreements basically, with all different tournaments of what you can show, when you can show it. But this is the least amount. The, the, uh, the Masters... It's like the PGA Tour doesn't own the Masters. The Masters owns the Masters. So they get to make all the rules when it comes to this. And what they have done, I think, a great job of now is on their app and Masters.com. And that's what I'm watching on now. So all the, on our drive back, we watched on Masters.com the featured group coverage, which was Tiger's group, Sergio's group. They do two of them in the morning, two of them in the afternoon. They show okay. every shot. And another thing that they did, and they just announced this yesterday, and it is kind of cool. You can actually go on Masters.com, and you can pick a player. Say you want J.B. Holmes, and you want to go back. You want to watch his entire day, 
Well, within minutes of him completing a hole, they'll now have the shot tracker stuff, which shows you where he hits, how far he hit it. But they'll also have video of every shot, which I think is a cool thing because, like, all right, I missed Tiger birdieing on 14. So now I can go back. I don't have to wait for the highlights tonight. I go back and I can see how he made birdie on 14. It will be up in a minute or two if it's not up already. Mm -hmm. So they actually (laughs) – they go from hardly doing any TV, yet they're at the same time of – being very progressive with what they do digitally. They were like the first ones, I think, to do HD television, if uh, if I'm not mistaken. So it's a really interesting back and forth. Bottom line is they like to own everything, control everything, and they have the ability to do so, much like the NFL. You know, you, you liken it to the NFL, really. I mean, they decide when they want stuff on, and they put it on when they want it on. And uh, that's the way the Masters works. But that's why you won't find it. I mean, you, okay. have, to, you have to wait. Like, for if you are just watching on TV and you don't watch the app, look at the app or Masters.com, you are not going to see Tiger today until he was round was done and his highlights run between, like, 3 and 6 or 3 and 7. Yeah. Just the way it works. Okay. Uh, but Tiger will be completely in that window tomorrow. But it won't happen at noon. I think ESPN's coverage starts at 3, like, or just started uh, hmm. right now on Thursday and Friday. And then CBS, of course, will have the coverage on Saturday and Sunday. But Tiger Woods in the lead right now. He's playing 15, which is a birdie hole. It's a par 5 uh, at uh, Augusta National. So we'll keep you posted on all the scores. Maybe even hear from Tiger later in the uh, show uh, after his round. But uh, things going pretty nice. For Tiger Woods, despite missing a couple of short putts that would actually already have him in the lead, he's playing uh, very good golf at the moment at the 2019 Masters, along with a lot of others who are just right there uh, in the mix. Brent Morton, Austin Lane, Coos is here. All right, the NBA season is done, Coos. Mm. You didn't get what you wanted, but now you've got new hope. I I like how you spin this to the positive side. You're really trying to get the Sixers to Orlando, but a lot of things have to happen. Well, just the Orlando Magic beating the Toronto Raptors, and That's the it. and the Sixers winning, I guess too. That kind of is important. That uh, and are we? What did we decide? Are we doing in a bracket for no, the NBA playoffs? I'm not. I've just already Kuz. done one. So Kuz you, is going to you win. You can do that. Yeah, come on, Brent. NBA brackets? Nah, we're it's all not good. really a thing, is it? No, it's not a thing. I'm just saying, there's prize money for I, who. For the winner. I mean, that's that's what they do it every year, NBA.com. Do they really? Yeah, a million dollars to the one who gets it right. Seriously? Dead serious, yeah. Wow. But I, I kind of feel like to do a bracket contest, you have no. to be, I have 16 teams or something no, at least. Yeah, exactly. So time out. So assuming one more than one person is going to get the right bracket this they year. Do a t- they do a tiebreaker, you know, predict the score of game one of the, you know, finals or something like that. Mm, okay. well, maybe I will enter it. Sounds like an easy <laughs> million. Free money, I know. I'll see the Warriors and the Bucks in the finals. Thank you. Hey, one thing ah, I want to ask. That is not you. what I have. Ooh, I want to. Shocking. Uh, well, we we can do that. Um, I might not have done enough homework for that, but we can say. When do the playoffs actually start? Sunday. Uh, they will be starting Saturday. Yep. Saturday. Uh, NHL playoffs started last night. How about the Lightning lost? Wow, you're clapping. Oh yeah, you're not uh, a Lightning you, fan. Not a Lightning fan whatsoever. You like the Columbus Blue Jackets? Don't at like least the Columbus. Uh, I mean, no, I like the Lightning winning because the Lightning are good this year. Um, we we can cover that more in my breakdown later. I, yes, we have I a stay a, in your lane. We, we we have a special stay in your lane segment today that features the NHL playoff teams, and I, I compare them to something. So 
everybody can get involved because obviously when it comes to hockey, I know that hockey isn't a big sport in Florida. Uh, there's not a really big fan base, especially in Jacksonville, but I have made it where you can pick one of your teams or you can pick one of the teams eligible in the playoffs and you can be a fan of them. Um, I didn't exclude anybody. Here. I love our group text because here's what it says today. I remember a fan saying that he wanted more hockey stuff, which is true. And what I was Twitter. about to respond to was like, okay, that's like one fan. Yeah. Um, and by the way, the uh, Jacksonville Iceman played tonight in the postseason, and we've been following that. How's my playoff beard grow- going? Not too bad. Yeah. yeah. I'm working on yep. it. Yep. Right. let's see yours. All right. Yeah, yeah there you go. Right. I told you, man. you got to give me, like, at least two years <laughs> yeah, heads up. I was going to say, they better win a couple of series <laughs> right. or a couple of cups. Uh, but anyway, the group text says, I broke down the teams in the NHL playoffs, but I did it in a crazy way where everyone can relate and pick a team to cheer for. Yeah. And I'm interested. Like, that's all I got. Like, I have no idea where it's going to go. Kuz I have no what idea what he's doing. But I'm, I'm kind of excited to, to get into this a little bit later on when we get to stay in your lane and the NHL playoffs. So we'll have a little bit of that. Uh, we are not breaking down NHL playoffs. I can promise you that. Just the teams in them. But we can uh, at least break down that part. And you can root for somebody. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what you got for us uh, coming uh, up later in the show on stay in your lane. We'll, of course, have Ballin and Fallen. Uh, where does Leonard Fournette fit in? <laughs> fallen i would say right uh, that might be an easy one uh, like i mentioned john phillips will be along later too so maybe we get into this fournette stuff and also other things in the uh world of sports that also end up uh sometimes in the courts tackling the law with john phillips on the way uh throughout uh in the four o'clock hour we'll keep you updated on the masters and we i want to bring up this topic in the nba so Anthony Davis is going somewhere else. Dirk Nowitzki retiring uh, and Dwayne Wade retiring. They're done. Which, what happens to next for those teams? I'm curious. Like, mm-hmm. now what? Because not that Dwayne Wade oh, – listen, Dwayne Wade, and the, he, they didn't make the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Nowitzki's Correct. done. Yep. They didn't make the playoffs. So it's – it's it's not like they're these saviors. It's not like you're asking this question with Kobe Bryant or LeBron James or but they are going to look different. And so who can recover quickly? Who would you rather be? Those teams, what do they do now without some of their star guys that have been around for a long, long time? Kind of flip the page and move on. Uh, be interested to get uh, the thoughts on that a little bit in the NBA. Kyle Korver wrote an article in the Players' Tribune. I do want to talk about it. We talked about it for a couple of days, teasing it. And uh, it will get into um, a topic that for many sometimes can be uncomfortable uh, to talk about. But uh, I do want to at least bring it up and see what your thoughts were about the article and um, and maybe some of the ramifications of it uh, in the NBA game. as well. It's an NBA guy, a white player in the NBA, writing this article in the Players' Tribune, I thought was a very interesting take, a very interesting angle on it. So uh, we will definitely talk about that uh, on the way. Florida spring game coming up on Saturday and football, football, football. No doubt we'll talk a little more football. Let's reset things a little bit on the Leonard Fournette front as more information continues to trickle in. And let's spend some time on Leonard Fournette, not necessarily on just what happened today, but your feelings on him for the 2019 season and what else they need to do in the backfield. Does this red flag the Jags a couple weeks before the draft and saying, oh, man, you know, we got time here to still rearrange our draft board, pick a back a little higher if we want. We're not fully invested in Leonard Fournette. 
Let's talk about it. Coming up next, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 Thursday afternoon in Jacksonville, Florida. Beautiful day. Tiger Woods in the lead at the Masters along with Gary Woodland, Adam Scott as well, Justin Harding, John Rahm. Wow, everybody at three under. Some guy named Kazire also there. <laughs> Too. I mean, <laughs> the top of the leaderboard at one time was like, well, who are these guys? <laughs> it's only an 87-player field. Uh, but things starting to heat up at the Masters. More birdies being made, and the score is getting a little bit lower, but three under still in the lead. Tiger Woods playing the par 5 15th hole, and he hit it over the green on his second shot. So uh, we'll keep you posted on what Tigger's doing and everybody else at Augusta. Brent Martino, Austin Lane, Coos. Good to be back in the studio, fellas, um, after a long ride back from Augusta, which really isn't that long of a ride. It's a, it's an easy trip, about four hours. Uh, so um, saw a little golf this morning, mm-hmm. hung around the grounds, went shopping, had to spend some money. What'd you get? What'd that you get? place is wow. As in the prices? Yeah. Well, I don't, you don't even look at the prices. It's not worth <laughs> looking at the prices. The place is a madhouse. Like, think about... What's like the most busy store you've ever been in? The most busiest store I've ever been in, like around Christmas time or something. Yeah, like, like something I mean, just is like rocking. Like, like around Thanksgiving. For, well, I like, guess like, like if you've been Black in New York Friday. City, I yeah. haven't been in New York City. No, uh, shopping in. I, yeah, I envision it like New York Chicago City shopping downtown. on Black Friday. Yeah, yeah. You know, like just at Macy's or nightmare. something or, or wherever. Yeah. And it, this place, they've reached. They've just redid this whole. Souvenir shop at the Masters. And the thing about it, I've said it before, you can't get it anywhere else. You go to the Masters and people pile up the stuff and they give it away or they sell it on eBay or whatever they might do. But you can't go, like, order it on Masters.com. Exclusive content. It is. And so it's one of the things about going. Like, you don't not go into the souvenir (laughs) shop if you go. Yeah. You know? It's like going to a brewery and not getting a beer. If you go, like, (laughs) I mean, you got to go see golf and you got to go to the souvenir shop. That's what happens at the Masters. And... So they just redid this thing two years ago. Well, this year, they have a new, like, queuing system, like, to allow people through. And it's funny to me how everybody takes stuff from Disney. Now it feels like you're in line for a ride. Like, they have all these things set up showing you the history of Augusta, the history of Masters. You know, they talk about, they promote golf, like, different levels, Mm -hmm. women's, men, kids. Um, But it's about a 10, 15-minute queue line to get into the store. (laughs) And then the store was just, my goodness. I mean, it was yeah. packed. Well, um, it's not like you can go on Amazon and get that stuff. You know, like you have to do it. Yeah, it's you, just, you could oh. you could hardly even move in there. So I'm just throwing stuff in a little bit here and there. <laughs> I had somebody asked me for some pin flags, so I had to get the pin flags. I don't even really buy myself anything anymore there because it's it's kind of it looks to be a lot of the same stuff. So and I've been enough, but I like to pick up things for our Action Sports Shack Stream 18 because. One of the holes we we actually if you hit the green we give stuff away. Cool. So along the way, Super Bowl, draft, Masters, I'll pick some things up, souvenirs, buy a hat or a towel or a whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's why I go shopping there. And, but what I I asked the lady as I was checking out, and I said so I I spent now keep in mind this wasn't all my money because I was picking up stuff for people, but I got eight uh ten I probably got about. 18 different things uh, and spent $500. So you can Dang. do the math on that. But yeah. I mean, most like eight it's of a, them were pin flags. That's, like a, that's the, a lot of things, flag. though. Let's be serious. So I asked the lady, 
at the I said, okay, this week, give me the number that spent the most money in here. Oh, I don't want to hear it. She she went. She's like, we're not allowed to tell you. <laughs> that high, basically. Yeah, like they don't want. I guess they don't want that out either, which is kind of silly, but. Well, so there's no, no doubt. Like I saw a guy with hats. Like he had like two piles of hats, like super long. Mm-hmm. Had to be thirty something hats. So that's just nothing. I, I guarantee you, people have dropped. Oh, I would say three to five thousand dollars, six, seven thousand dollars in there. That would not surprise me. So now, is this pro shop open the entire year, or is it only open for the tournament? That's. I think it's just in the tournament. Okay. Yeah. Just I'm saying like, I mean, like yeah. people couldn't just go. I mean, obviously you have to be a member to go there, correct? But you like say if you got invited to go for the media thing, could you go buy something then? You not in there. There's another one for there's like the clubhouse one. that you can go like yeah. more normal mm-hmm. than this one. But uh, yeah, you could do it at that time. So other people, I think when they go, they can go purchase something yeah. uh, throughout the year. But it's so it's so exclusive that. And I don't think you would probably be pulling out a thousand dollars worth of stuff if you went shopping in their little clubhouse. Yeah. They know what you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, it's fascinating. All right. You know what else is fascinating? This Leonard Fournette story. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so bottom line, if you're just catching up with us uh, here on ESPN 690, we tweeted this out a, a while back. Been working on the story ever since uh, really for a couple hours coming back from Augusta. And uh, Leonard Fournette was pulled over. Speeding. Uh, there is some word, at least from our news folks, uh, that uh, I want to make sure I got it right. So I'm not going to put it on uh, what it says in terms of how fast he was going. I want to make sure uh, I'm correct on it. But so he's speeding. They pull him over. He's got a suspended license because he didn't pay a ticket back in November, it looks like, or, or late last year in Neptune Beach and suspended. uh revoked or canceled license so he mm. has to go down and get booked uh, for arrested that's 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 the story i mean that's what happened today uh now there's a couple other things here leonard fournette meeting he's back in town jags start off-season conditioning program on monday so they'll all be in the facility they can they're allowed to be in the facility as a team and start meeting and all those things um there will probably state of the franchise i think is going to happen next week There'll be a pre-draft luncheon soon in the next 10 days or so. And we'll have a chance, I think, to talk to Nick Foles and Doug Marone and others. Uh, who knows? Maybe Leonard Fournette uh, about what's been happening in the offseason and, and what to look forward to. So all those things are about to happen in Jags land anyway. Uh, so the good news, I think, is that he was here ready to report. And we know he's been out in Wyoming and he's been tweeting pictures and Instagram and he's social media about him lifting workout. He looks great, right? Yeah. To your eyes. I mean, yeah. he, he looks fantastic. Yeah, it looks Whatever great. Whatever that means. It does, I mean, doesn't really mean that much because last year he lost 15 pounds, supposed to be in the best shape of his life and didn't have a, a really great season last year. So, yeah, I mean, he's doing all the right things. He's posting videos of him, you know, doing stuff on Instagram and Twitter. So, yeah, he's doing the right things. Yeah, I don't know. He's, I, he's being an NFL player out of season. <laughs> I know. And I know what you're saying, and you kind of like shrugged that off a little bit. But I do think in this day and age where you can control the message as a player sometimes, mm-hmm. when you were looked at like you were looked at last year, I like what Leonard Fournette did. Fournette basically said, hey, 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 Jags fans, look, I'm working on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Almost an acknowledgement of, hey, I get it. I screwed up last year. Uh, I wasn't the best pro I could have been. I know I was injured too. I can't control all of that, but I'm going to do my best to to control being healthy and also to be a better pro and get myself ready for this season. I know it's a big year. So I love the fact that he actually was tweeting stuff and social media stuff because 
to me, it was at least relaying a message to the fan base and everybody else like, hey, I'm on this thing. I even went out to Wyoming to get away from all everything else to, yeah. to try to get myself and put myself in the best position possible to have a two th- good 2019. That's where I'm the most impressed. I mean, yes, he is, you know, he's doing the workouts and whatnot, but it's where he's doing them. He's in Wyoming. Yeah. Who who wants to go to Wyoming during the off season? <laughs> Wyoming isn't a really big tourist destination. It's called the Flyover State for a reason. Now you can go to Montana and go snowboarding, but I don't think <laughs> I don't I don't think he's really into snowboarding or, or Jackson skiing. Jackson Hole has good snowboarding too. True, true. So unless you know Leonard was snowboarding and skiing, I think he was just there for training and whatnot. So I, I like that fact. It's he's doing something new. I would I assume I don't think this is a a yearly thing for for him to go to Wyoming. He's doing something new. It's showing that. He's willing to adapt. He's willing to take all the precautions, all the necessary steps to try to be successful. And if one of those was limiting his distractions and kind of going off the grid a little bit, which it seems like he was doing, then I'm all for it. So I do appreciate what he was doing in the offseason in terms of where he went, um, kind of making a statement. But it's like I said, I mean, when it comes to posting pictures of yourself bench pressing and squatting, I mean, every NFL player is doing that. But it's but it's where he's doing it, which I am impressed by. So I like that. And I think even the organization likes that. I think they, they it's almost like you can keep tabs on Leonard. Mm-hmm. And you, that's not our job to do. Mm-hmm. But it it's comforting knowing that, okay, we get to do that. And then this comes up today. So how does the team look at it then? Do you, does the team, all right, well, we thought this was going the right direction, but how much are we going to trust this guy? You know, can you trust this guy? Hey, some of the responses already getting, I mean, on this, uh, you can imagine, right? Off the wall. <laughs> Panic button. Uh, you know, Chuck D says it doesn't mean anything. Something to talk about. He's obviously missing some brain cells, but who cares? And you know what, Chuck? I, I probably think that too. But we do have to take this big picture with the Jaguars, and I think they have to. You have to treat it at least seriously. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Jose says, isn't this why you have an agent to take care of these kind of things? Well, True. is he surrounded by the right people? Right. Mm-hmm. That's a fair question. But is he surrounded by the right people? And you have to wonder that. Uh, Vavory, I think is how he says, darn it. He better get his bleep together before the season starts. <laughs> See, and that's a little overboard in my opinion. It's like this doesn't indicate he doesn't have his stuff together. It just indicates that he either had a bad moment, one in speeding oh, and yeah. and. Somebody didn't take care of his stuff. There could be countless well, reasons, but I'm not going to sit here and say out of today's transgressions, ah, oh, man, no way. Now, here we go. we got to start all over with this guy. Call another meeting with Marone, Coughlin, and Caldwell, and we need to make sure they're on the same page again. See, that to me would be overreaction to this. And this isn't really an attack on Leonard Fournette's character. You know, like when he, when he punched somebody in Buffalo, that was an attack on his character. When he was sitting on the sidelines during the last game of the season, that was his character. Speeding, guess what? I think 95, 98% of the population speeds, okay? And I would probably say maybe half that percentage forgets to pay their forgets to pay their tickets on time. So I don't take Fournette's character into this so much. I know people are going to say, well, it's just another example. It's just another case of him doing the wrong thing. And, yeah, maybe he gets that criticism or whatnot. But I think I would say pump the brakes on that because – who hasn't speeded and people have forget forget to pay parking tickets and and traffic tickets all the time which leads me to my one point here and maybe i'll ask john phillips this more than you brent but why don't they make it where if you get pulled over by the police and it's like a speeding ticket why can't you just pay that speeding ticket right, right away to the cop like here cop here's my uh here's my you know credit card run it and we're good to go taken care of it's a good question john but- phillips
hit me back. Let me know. I uh, He'll be here soon, or he'll call in. But I, I can't do wait. think uh, I know the answer to that one. Oh, okay. You risk corruption. What do you mean? You put the cops in a difficult spot at times. Yeah. They can be accused of things. I think that's happened. Does this change the draft strategy at all of the Jags? i got to go down and do TV because of this for a couple minutes. You guys talk about that and the NBA postseason right. uh, when we come back here on ESPN 690. Welcome back to ESPN 690. Hey, for those of you listening that want to call in, feel free to do it. 904-362-9901. We can talk Leonard Fournette or Really about anything right now, because Brent had to go shoot something for for the ordeal that just went down. So I have I have the I have the keys for a little bit. So feel free to call and talk about whatever. The train is off the track. The train might be off the tracks. We'll see how it goes. Listen, I, I made a huge mistake of trying to give this whole NHL playoff rundown thing because it took a lot more time than I anticipated. I'm st- actually still doing it as I'm talking to everybody. So. Hopefully, I don't wander off too far. Brent brought up a pretty good point, though, when he left, saying how does this change the Jaguars' draft strategy at all? And the short answer is absolutely not. I think Fournette is still the guy, obviously. I think that as far as the the backup running backs, they got Blue and they got Thomas Rawls right now. Pretty good depth. Not... um. You know, a backup depth that's not really going to knock your socks off, per se. They could definitely get somebody um, later in the draft, I feel like, especially maybe a third down back to really complement Foles because people always want to talk about how when Foles was su- when Foles was really humming and he was really s- successful, um, he had good tight ends. That was true, but he also had Darren Sproles in the backfield as well. I think – I want to say it was – I don't know if it was Foles, uh, Foles All-Star uh, when he became a Pro Bowl player or not, but I think his really good year, he might have had Shady McCoy. I think Shady McCoy led the Eagles in receptions, if I'm not mistaken. Then he also had Sproles as well one year, and Sproles was up there in receptions as well. So, listen, the offense isn't going to be the same as it was in Philadelphia, but Foles is definitely a guy, too, who likes to throw to the you know, to, to the tailback and whatnot as well. So something to keep an eye on, but I do think the Jaguars are going to go either defensive line or a wild card pick and pick a tight end. Everyone's saying Juwan Taylor, offensive tackle. I get it. Kuz, here's my philosophy on drafting offensive tackle versus drafting a pass rusher. And this is going to make a lot of people mad, especially uh, the offensive linemen out there. But in my opinion, if you play offensive line, if you don't make any mistakes whatsoever, you can have a pretty solid career. Now, if you don't make mistakes and you have excellent footwork and you have good hand placement, well, then you can be like an all-pro kind of player. If you if you draft a defensive end or a defensive tackle and they don't make any mistakes, that doesn't mean anything. Because you can take a defensive end, a defensive tackle, you can put them out there, they don't make a mistake, doesn't mean they're going to be good. Because you still have to get after the quarterback. You still have to have a pass rush. You still have to take on a double team. So there's just there's a lot more factors. There's a lot more things involved, I think, to be a more successful defensive end, a more successful edge rusher than it is to play right tackle. Now, people are going to disagree with me, obviously, and I'm kind of biased because I played on the defensive side of the ball. But And history has shown that even on the offensive line, Usually the top-tier guys have come in the first and second rounds, so I'm not debating that at all. I mean, talent's talent. But Go ahead. And don't you think, uh, as a casual fan, they're going to say, well, the defense didn't seem to really be the problem. So if they go something that's not 
um, offensive minded. Yeah. Will that, you know, rub, uh, you know, rub fans the wrong way? So th- there's two schools of thought. I feel like there's one thought that says the Jaguars need to get an offensive tackle because they have to protect Nick Foles. And I understand that Nick Nick Foles right now is your biggest investment. He's the guy you put all your chips in. He's the guy that's supposed to lead the franchise. So you bring in an offensive tackle to protect him. I understand that point. But you can never have too many pass rushers. And especially this up-and-coming season for the Jaguars, outside of Yannick Ngakwe and, and Clayus Campbell on the other side, I would be nervous about their depth right now because it's it's unproven. So if it was me on the clock, I would lean more towards defensive end edge rushers. And now I'm hearing a lot of three techniques as well. And I get it. Ed Oliver, specimen, stud. Um, I, I don't think the defensive tackle from Alabama is going to fall to the Jaguars, but I'm hearing Ed, Ed Oliver a lot. So the, the, the mock drafts I've been reading a little bit and things like that. I would all be for taking a three technique, but there's just too many other holes to fill. Listen, I understand Clayus Campbell's getting up there in age. He's not going to be here forever. But we can't afford right now to have those value picks, to have those luxury picks, especially after a three technique that you took in Taven Bryan, who's supposed to pan out and be the next big thing, a first-round pick last year. So I am a fan of defensive line, but I say if you go on the defensive line, it's got to be an edge rusher. It's got to be a defensive end. We have a phone call here. Kuz, can you bring him on? We're going to have to go to Brent's computer and hit nope, it. Nope, nope, I got it. Yeah, right, Saqib cool. wants to talk about the Leonard Fournette uh, situation. All right, so we got Saqib calling in here talking about Leonard Fournette. What's up, man? What's up, Austin? Not too much. Hey, listen. I, I don't know if you guys are the only ones, but I'm kind of pissed off by this Fournette thing. He keeps getting in trouble. He has the money to take care of it. And it's an ongoing situation with this guy. And I honestly, I, I, I love the pick when we picked him. But I honestly believe, and as a Jaguar fan since 1996, I believe we should move on from this guy. Get whatever the heck you're going to get from him and move on from this guy because this guy is going to keep getting in trouble. He's speeding. He's doing all kind of stuff. I mean, come on, man. Like, he needs to learn. He's 25 years old, 24 years old. It's time to, to grow up, man. He has kids. It's time to grow up, man. But just get rid of the guy and get somebody else that's going to be better than this guy. You guys have a good one, man. Thank you, man. Thank you, Saqib. Well, we are joined by Marcel Robinson, just fresh in the studio. Marcel, what do you make of uh, Saqib's comments, and what do you think about the Leonard Fournette situation in general here? Uh, I mean, I I agree with him on on the sense of he does need to mature a little bit, or a lot of bit. That's kind of been the knock against Leonard um, so far. I mean, it it just – I don't want to say trouble seems to find him, but it just seems that trouble kind of seems to find him. I I will say, though, uh, when the news first broke, I mean, because, you know, the first thing you heard was Leonard Fournette was arrested, and and they were kind of like, oh, you know, we don't – you know, first we had Dante Fowler, and now we have somebody else to kind of worry about what he's doing. But in the sense of – is it a big deal? Yes, but it's not as bad as it could have been uh, for me. I agree. I mean, it's a traffic ticket. You know, you got to get those taken care of and – uh, but at the same time, I, as far as those who say we got just get rid of him, get what you can to get rid of him, I don't I don't see that. I mean, he's he's still you know got the talent if he can just get everything else together. I mean, he, this guy still has potential to be you know a great player, and I I wouldn't say that it's time to give up on him. Well, let me ask. So, oh, go ahead. Before you guys get going, because now I'm curious, is value wise for Leonard Fournette, and I'm not suggesting we trade him. I'm not suggesting that's the path, but. 
value-wise, Leonard Fournette, is it at a high or at a low right now? Like, if you were to test the market, do you think oh, you could get your value for him? It's it, it's absolutely low. And I'm going to answer Saqib's question here real quick. So, according to Brent and his sources, and I don't know who Brent's sources are, but from what I've heard and from what he said, they've been pretty dead on the money. They tried to trade him last year. They tried to trade Leonard Fournette last year when they brought Carlos Hyde in. Now, Leonard Fournette was hurt, and that's where the part that really kind of makes me question the source because if he was hurt, why would you try to trade the guy? Because you can get nothing for him. Who's going to trade for a guy with a bad hamstring? Because you know hamstring injuries linger and whatnot. So you you mean to tell me that you're going to put Leonard Fournette on the trading block and be like, well, we we have a great running back here, 2017. uh, He averaged about 3.9 yards a carry, got us to the AFC Championship game. But uh, he's got, he has this nagging hamstring. I mean, he, he looked good in the preseason. He lost 20 pounds. A lot of hype around the guy. But, yeah, he's had this nagging injury. We don't know when he's coming back. Hey, do you want to trade for him? Like, I just don't see that happening. And now, even this offseason, this up-and-coming year, I feel like if you trade Leonard Fournette, you're not going to get that value that you want out of him. And if you're Dave Caldwell, if you're Doug Marone, you, you, this is an important season for you because your jobs are on the line right now. And if you were to trade Leonard Fournette right now, you're basically telling the fans as a general manager, even Tom Coffin, you're telling the fans that we made a mistake taking Fournette that high, our bad, we don't know what we're doing. So you got to roll with him. Um, I, I know Jaguar fans are definitely frustrated with it. I'm, I'm the guy that's preaching that I think he's going to be the real deal here this season. We'll wait and see. But... With the the offense that the Jaguars are trying to run, I and I, I get they're, they're going to be a little more pass friendly this year, but if we can get even Leonard Fournette from 2017, averaging 3.9 yards a carry, if we can get that and implement that with the new offense coming in, I think the Jaguars might have something special. But obviously, it's about Leonard Fournette staying in trouble off the field, having the right mindset. Him going to Wyoming shows that he's willing to take that step. Getting a, getting arrested wasn't a good uh, a, a good way to a good explanation point after that training workout in Wyoming. But hey, he's 24 years old. I remember being that age. I remember speeding. Everybody speeds. Don't we all? People get tickets. Marcel, Marcel. I went with Marcel to the Super Bowl. We got pulled over twice in like three days. So don't tell me that no one gets pulled over for speeding. But yes, he has to make better decisions going forward. Hopefully he does. Well, hey, when we come back, we're talking Orlando Magic and Kuz's uh, heartbreak because we can't go to Orlando anymore. More about that later. Welcome back to ESPN 690. I am home alone right now because Brent left me to shoot some video, but I called up one of my homies. We got Marcel in the house. Going to talk some basketball here coming up now. Kuz. What up? How bummed are you, man? <laughs> Dude, I was magic. watching. I was watching that we needed the. Uh, I needed the Heat to win last night. Well, so I mean, for people that don't really know what's going, what we're talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. here. So Brent said that if the Orlando Magic had the eighth seed, and I'm sorry, because well, it was the sixth seed. Sixth seed. They needed six. The, and the 76ers got the three seed. Obviously, the 76ers would go play in Orlando for a couple games two for games, the playoffs, yeah. two games. And Brent said we could go for a little field trip. And then I brought up the point, well, what about the Milwaukee Bucks? Because if the Magic get the eight seed, Bucks get the one seed, we can still go. And he agreed to that as well. So me and Kuz were cheering for different reasons last night. But truth be told, it didn't really matter because there was like 10 possible scenarios 
and two of them panned out where we both got screwed over. That's why I was loving the NBA, man. I, I was like, there's so much to watch for on the very last day of the NBA regular season. I mean, there was like 20 different scenarios for the East. There was probably like 10 different scenarios for the uh, West Coast. So uh, it was fun. Yeah, the Heat uh, didn't pull it through for me, so they didn't get that matchup with the uh, Sixers Orlando. But uh, it's fine. It's still, you know, I can watch it on the TV, I guess. How, how are you liking the Magic's chances versus the Raptors here? Because, you know, let's be honest. Right. During the regular season, the Magic went 2-4 and four against, the, against the Raptors here. They won two games. They lost two games. So, yeah. Granted, Kawhi Leonard was out for one of those games. Lowry's out for the other game. I'd say Marcus Saul wasn't with Toronto for a few of those at the beginning and, of the season. And that's what I have written down here as the biggest X, X factor. Because you have Vujicic, who's been playing out of his mind really lately. He's an all-star. Um, kind of a, an unknown name until this up and come, this up past season here for Orlando, the center. But now you have Marcus Saul, who's a pretty good post defender. Um, I feel like Vujicic can go to the three-point line, shoot some shots there too. But I feel like Marcus Saul might be the difference. I think I think the biggest thing for the Raptors this year is going to be Kawhi Leonard in terms of breaking out this uh, little spell they're in where they seem to not really show up in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think Kawhi Leonard is going to be the one that they're going to kind of hang their hat on. Or Marcus All. Marcus All could also have this too. I just see because Kawhi is the star. Uh, they're going to lean on him if if they come out in game one and Kyle Lowry's shooting bad and not living up to expectations and all that, I think they're really going to need, you know, Kawhi to step in, Marcus all these veterans, in a sense, to step in and really show the way. Although uh, Lowry's a veteran, too. It's just he seems to have these playoff demons. Let's go over to Marcel's neck of the woods here quick. We have OKC. That's right. Kind of the underdog a little bit, but I actually like them beating the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, I actually like them beating the Portland Trailblazers as well. I think we. I think the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is probably the best scenario for them. Um, anything lower seven or eight would have been a disaster. No one wants to face Golden State in the first round. And Denver Nuggets. I mean, they're they're built to make that next step. Whether they make it or not is to be seen. But we we really don't match up well um, against them. Um, Oklahoma City actually being one of the worst uh, interior scoring teams in the league. But I think against the Portland Trailblazers, I think they're kind of in that same mode as the Raptors um, where mm-hmm. they kind of had those demons to where they're they're kind of an 82-game team, and then when the postseason comes, they just for whatever reason can't get out, get out of their own way. Um, I think they match up pretty well. I think Damian Lillard's a, a, an all-star, a superstar, um, but I don't know if he's a great enough player to take them um, – to that next step. And it seems like now with OKC, you got Westbrook getting ready to put the team on his back to go into playoff mode and whatnot. I just, with the talent that OKC has with George and whatnot, I just feel like they're not going to lose. They're not going to lose this series. Like They're not going to let it happen. Whether if Russell Westbrook has to take over the game by himself, if Paul George has to do something, but I don't see them losing the series. I think it will be, well, this will actually come down to, I don't think it's going to come down to actually Westbrook or Paul George, to be honest with you. I think okay. it's going to take one of uh, the continuing improvement of some of the other, the younger guys, you know, the Terrence Ferguson's and the the Jeremy Grants. Uh, I think those are going to be the guys that are really going to have to step up because you know Paul George is going to get what he's going to get. Uh, you don't really know what which Russell Westbrook you're going to get night in and night out, but you know you're going to get, uh, you know, the best out of him. Um, and I, and I think that's kind of most teams' game plan is look, let's let's let Paul George do his thing, let's let Russell Westbrook do his thing, let's not let the other guys beat us. 
Welcome back, Brett Martino. How you doing, man? Yeah, quick uh, change. Uh, that's what happened. Looking good. Yeah, a little, a little live cut. <laughs> ready, ready to go to court for Leonard Fournette. Represent somebody. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Gotta love our world that uh, we live in at times. Um, more on the Leonard Fournette stuff a little bit later, but let's stay on the NBA. Yeah. I asked you guys this a few weeks ago. The surprises of the postseason potentially. Anything happened in the last couple of weeks to maybe change? You're thinking of what could happen in the postseason in terms of surprises. Marcus Smart getting injured for the Boston Celtics—that stinks. Huge. Yeah, that's going to be real bad. Um, to he's, the point he, where they got upset. I don't know if it'll be upset. I just—I think it's—it might take them longer to get past teams that they probably could have gotten past quicker. And and that does affect you if you end up going against, you know, potentially the Bucks, or if you take them even farther, the Raptors, Sixers, you know, anybody on the bottom half of this bracket. So I think that's a big part of it, too, with, with Marcus Smart. That's the biggest um, kind of like shocker news that's come out recently. Kuz, can you kind of just break down the Pacers a little bit? Because we've talked about them a little bit in the before, and their star player, Oladipo, goes down. And one would think, well, they lost him. Ah, it's been a good run, Pacers. We'll see you next season. But somehow they pull off these gritty wins. They pull off these these upsets and whatnot. And now they're, they're cemented has a pretty good seed in the playoffs. And they're doing it with a bunch of guys that no one really knows about. So just what is it about the Indiana Pacers this year that you should be scared of? I mean, Sabonis has been good. Miles Turner did this whole, like, off-season of, like, yoga and becoming one with himself. <laughs> I'm not even lying. Like, he really, like, he got, like, into yoga. and like the power really, of yoga. Yeah, he, like, slimmed down. Miles Turner's awesome. Uh, Tyreek Evans was picked up and, and on the team. You just got a lot of guys that will grind it out. Um, and I, th- I forget what stat it was, but it was something along the uh, the shooting percentages, right? Like the shooting percentage when Oladipo was on the team is the exact same from when he's been injured, which was kind of surprising. Like it didn't change at all. So to me, they're just a, a, a team of like guys that are just willing to fight for the win. Now they did slip a little towards the end of the season here. So I was wondering how much that was just, you know, the the length of season, them getting exhausted, not getting their um, – I, I don't believe I have them making it past the, the first round against uh, Boston, but for what they did now, like this Pacers fan should look at this season, even if it ends in the first round of the playoffs, as a huge success. You did this without your star, and just imagine where you'd be with your star if he hadn't gone down with that with that knee injury. Yeah, as uh, well. It'll be interesting to see it play out. I still think the favorites are so heavy. Uh, at least in the Western Conference, that it, it might not uh, matter much. Yeah. While we're on the topic, I don't think you guys got to this, but where do the Heat go without Dwayne Wade? Yeah. Uh, what does their future look like in, in the next couple of years? Same with the, the Mavs. I mean, even with Dirk Nowitzki, obviously it's nothing special uh, toward the tail end of his career. But where do those two franchises end up? And I guess the same could be said. We know Anthony Davis isn't staying in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. So where do these franchises go? Is it just see at the bottom like Cleveland Cavs once LeBron left? Good night. So with me, with the Mavericks, it's the easiest one to call because what they asked Dirk to do this past season, I mean, he was a starter for the most part, but he also came off the bench. Like he wasn't asked to be their star player because they had that in Luka. Luka's the the rookie, probably going to be rookie of the year this year. And um, I think he's a pleasant surprise to that team. I think when they drafted him, they knew he was going to be a game changer, but, but but not this much, especially in the first year. So all of a sudden you have him, and then all of a sudden Mark Cuban goes unicorn hunting and gets Kristaps Porzingis, and he's coming off an injury, granted, but next year supposed to be healthy. 
and all of a sudden you got a pretty solid team with those two guys. So I think you have a solid, you know, core um, of talent there. We'll see what, what they do in the draft this up and coming season. But if I'm a Mavericks fan, I'm excited. I think you have two examples of two completely opposite NBA uh, theories, right? Like you look at the Mavericks and they kind of saw Dirk, you know, getting towards the end of his career and they started making the necessary adjustments to get players like they brought in DeAndre Jordan. They were trying to get him to win now games, but they they traded a first um, and and Trey Young for for Luca and kind of got their guy that they know is going to be the future that Dirk can mentor and kind of hand off the ropes to where you have the Heat, who, in my opinion, have been stuck in the the no man zone of NBA. It's like, all right, you either got a tank, which the NBA hates, or you got to you got to be winning. You don't want to be stuck in this eighth seed where you just keep repeating and repeating year after year where you're just a decent team. You go for and out in the first round of the playoffs. So the heat to me, if it were my choice, I think you got to pay Drogic this year. So, so I think you let him go uh, or, or, you know, you, you really just hit the reset button. Uh, I don't think there's any need to bring Drogic back. I, I do believe he's owed some money. So maybe it's a, maybe it's a hopefully being able to trade him in some way um, and getting some kind of value back. Well, especially with Haslam too, like, Haslam's a guy that's been in the system for a long time. Both guys, yeah. Um, really aggressive guy on the rebounds and whatnot. I mean, he's a solid player, but do you think that because he's still starting, Kuz. Like, do you think it's time to maybe, I don't want to say move past him, but do you come up with another plan to replace him? Because they have Bam, but is Bam going to be that guy? Probably Bam, Whiteside. But, yeah, I mean, again, I think you assess. Whiteside, if you can get a good haul for him, I'd move him, mm-hmm. to be honest. Why can't then any of these teams go after all the names we're hearing that are going to end up either with the Lakers or the Knicks. Because they want to be able to have two stars. And essentially when money comes into it, a lot of these teams, especially the the Heat, got locked into some contracts with some guys who are just average players, but they're paying them a little Overpaying, more than yeah. I would say. Kuz, do you think Justice Winslow could be a core player that they could build around? He, he has shown flashes, but he's also inconsistent, it seems like. Yeah, he's been inconsistent. Um, I really like him. I've seen him play in summer league. He's a lot of fun to watch. But, again, you, if you're going to do that, you need some consistency from him. All right. All right. Uh, hey, we should have uh, John Phillips uh, giving us a buzz, talk a little bit about this Leonard Fournette situation. We'll get back on the Fournette situation. It's the topic of the day. It's the headliner on ESPN.com. It's the headliner here, a little unexpected, on a uh, Thursday afternoon. By the way, Tiger Woods faltering down the stretch. We'll update you on the Masters as well. And uh, a lot more to get to, including some falling and falling. That includes a local performance that was pretty darn good last night. And uh, stay in your lane. It goes into the hockey world, and I can't wait to see what uh, Austin Lane brings us in Stay in Your Lane. All the way, coming up, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Tiger Woods misses another 5-6 footer and bogeys the 17th. Always playing in the 18th. He's uh, in the bunker on 18, two under par, one shot off the lead. Had the lead uh, going into the 17th hole. And he's going to regret this round because of the putter from a couple of different times. It's been at least three different times from six feet and in. Uh, he's missed putts. So it's hard to win tournaments when you miss from 10 feet and in on a regular basis. So he's going to have to get that part of his game working um, through the rest of the weekend if he wants to r- remain in 
contention and, and put on another green jacket. Justin Harding, nobody's ever heard of. He's three under. Adam Scott, past champion. Gary Woodland, John Rahm, uh, all tied for the lead at three under par. Everybody bunched up at the Masters uh, in day number one. Beautiful Augusta National on a beautiful day in Augusta, Georgia, much like it is here in Jacksonville as well. Not a beautiful day for Leonard Fournette. Uh, that is the big talker, the big story. I went down, did a little TV. By the way, this is this is the real world stuff. Okay, I think people, especially like folks we interact with on social media, they're like, it's a speeding ticket, right? They like, we get it. But the bottom line is, and we're used to more stories in sports than I think. And we're like, ah, okay, we'll turn the other cheek. It's just this. It's just that. I, like I said, everything's relative. But I will say this. The real world is, and why you can't get yourself in these situations if you're an athlete, is people don't side with you. They don't. Like, down in our newsroom right now, just average fan talking about this, like, what a dummy. You got to get rid of them. You got to do this. I'm like, to me, that's severe overreaction. But all I'm telling you, that's what people say. That's what people over a speeding ticket and not paying a speeding ticket. Mm -hmm. That's what this is right now. Now, again, we can go add up all the other things, but that's what people say. And we had a call, right, while I was gone. Get rid of them. Right. So that's where people want to side right now. You do a poll right now, say, hey, should the Jags get rid of Leonard Fournette or should they keep him? You're going to get a lot of people that say, get rid of him. I'm tired of this stuff. And it was a speeding ticket and an unpaid speeding ticket. I mean, that seems a little crazy to me, but I'm just telling you, that's the world we live in. That's what people say. And that's how you get labeled a little bit. And that's why you got to be careful and just do the right thing. Do get get your stuff taken care of, yeah. or your representation to do it too. Speaking of representation, maybe Leonard needs some. We bring in John Phillips <laughs> from the law offices of John Phillips right now, tackling the law. And uh, John, we prepared for today. We had you ready to roll. We had no idea Leonard Fournette was going to get arrested today. Isn't that always the way? I think that that happened last time with uh, with when a certain guy got arrested down in South Florida that it <laughs> that it took over. Um, but yeah, it's it's I'm conflicted. I've handled this exact ticket for Jared Odrick before he left, and it, it it's real easy if you if you just have somebody who's paying attention and handling your business. And I think that's what's got people frustrated so much is it's just just another brick in the wall so to speak yeah his representation i think from an agent standpoint is rock nation in my opinion these guys and listen we're around a bunch of these guys this is a 24 year old guy with a lot of money a lot of fame he's doing a lot of different appearances he's doing a lot of things just to try to get himself ready he's out in wyoming i would say in their world and this seems a little ridiculous because in our world we have a ticket that we got potentially on our kitchen counter and we say, you know what, by whatever date, we better pay this. And we write the check and we pay it, it, right. it as most people do. Well, people, that's not how athletes live. Athletes, for the most part, not all of them, but athletes, especially big athletes, they have people that take care of this stuff, usually. I, I wonder how much his representation at Rock Nation, his agency, is to blame for something like this and kind of making him look bad. And what you're going to say is people will be like, what are you making him look bad? Just pay the ticket. I get it, right. but it's just not how they work all the time. Yeah, the agents, the agents, and I was there at one point, but the agents tend to, to just ignore the stuff except for the NFL contract. And every one of them needs to have a go-to guy in every NFL city where you have players. Because, 
you pick up the phone. We run down the next day and take care of this. I mean, Leonard Fournette has Lenny Curry as one of his biggest fans, and, you know, he, he always makes jokes about being a fellow Leonard. You, you get this into the right hands of the city, and the ticket goes away completely. It's just it's sad. Yeah. All right. So, John, take us from a legal standpoint. Where what is it? What does it mean? Why is that normal? You don't pay a ticket in November from Neptune Beach is what it looks like, and you fall into suspended license, canceled license, or revoked license category. Yeah. So, what is what is the city or state supposed to do if they can't get somebody to pay a ticket? And so here, they they didn't get paid. He didn't show up to his court date or have anybody show up to his court date. So they do what anybody does, and they send it to collections, and with that, a little letter goes to the to – the, the, we all call it the DMV, but it's the, the Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles Department um, that says so-and-so hasn't paid their ticket, and they just they, – they stamp it. And it's one of the number one causes of violation of probation and a host of trouble – is somebody just winding up on a bad day driving with a suspended license because they didn't take care of a child support obligation or a past ticket, and they wind up in those those silver bracelets. Yeah, uh, and, and that, that's also what I wanted to ask you about. We had uh, Sky Action News Jacks, our chopper, over the, that situation because it was in the area to begin with, and once we started getting word of it. But I don't think they ever put them in the silver bracelets and took him in. What's the difference there? Like he, I think he drove himself over and got booked. Is that normal? he probably? It's not. You know, normally, normally you get the ride with or without handcuffs. It's it's up it's up to officer discretion. And and a guy like Leonard um, isn't going to cause a commotion, right? He's yeah. a known entity, and so uh, I, I imagine they gave him, you know, the the, the fair treatment. Um, short of giving him a notice to appear, he, you know, here here he was caught speeding again. Didn't have a license. They can't very well, in good conscience, let somebody drive away uh, who doesn't have a license. I, I notice on the the November ticket, it actually says that he didn't produce his license, but it but it was valid at the time. So he actually didn't, according to the ticket, have it with him at the time, which again is a is just a responsibility issue. Because if if I'm driving and don't have my well, if the average person is driving and don't have their license, you know, cops, it's, it's how things escalate, um, and it's it, so. I, 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 you're you're a member of the media. I love the media, um, but the the officer, you know, videotaping or a law enforcement officer videotaping within the Sally Port as if it's TMZ is just a, it's a. It's a little much, and we got to think there are other free agents looking at Jacksonville, um, and I'm, I'm hoping Austin's agreeing with me on this that that people want Jacksonville to succeed and be a great place, and stuff like that just isn't necessary. It makes us really a one horse town. Yeah, it, yeah, well, that's it a is, great point. It's part of being a small town. I didn't really think about it that way too. I hate <laughs> the media either. sometimes too. I really hate Leonard Fournette right now because he's got me running up then down the stairs doing TV every hour oh, at sure. the moment. So uh, I want to be just watching the Masters for crying out loud <laughs> and talking radio and talking to John Phillips like we're doing um, about some other topics. Uh, by the way, our news team is all over this, and I'm telling you, something like this happens. Our news team and everybody's news teams get all over this, and that's what's happening right now. And I'm watching emails go through at CBS 47 and Fox 30. We'll have more of it at 5 o'clock and 6 o'clock. But 
the case fees were $227, John, sent to collections on March 18th, 2019, so about a month ago. So basically, does that indicate that he has had a suspended license essentially for a month? Uh, probably before then, uh, they would have administratively suspended it, and you just get a letter okay. that says, hey, you know, they don't send a cop out and say, hey, we're taking your license. They, you just you get a letter saying you, you got this unpaid ticket, you, you need to pay it by, you know, within five days, ten days, and if not, they, they administratively suspend it, which all they do is flip a switch in Tallahassee, and it's you're you're suspended. And so it's it's probably been a couple of months. You know, but again, it's it was a 12 mile an hour, 13 mile an hour speeding ticket, um, which they hand out like candy in Neptune Beach. It's it's something so insignificant, and you know this 207 dollars is going to cost him hundreds of thousands potentially. And you know, if you add up endorsements and then the the trouble he's had with with the Jaguars and them voiding, you know, some of the guaranteed money and everything else. Yeah, he's already cost himself some money in, in terms of his actions inside Jags headquarters, I think, and on the football field with the ejection. And he's missed two games over the last couple of years because of suspension or violation of team rules. The first one, his rookie year, was not considered a suspension. It wasn't labeled that way. It was more violation of team rules, and he did not play. And, and now going back to 2017, we know that was for missing a team picture, uh, amongst at least uh, maybe some other things uh, as well. All right, last uh, last thing for you on this front. If I'm going to defend Leonard Fournette for a moment, is there any chance he has a defense in any of this from the not paying? Well, probably not the speeding part, but from the not paying part to the fact that he was in Wyoming the last few months training. That's it. You know, I mean, you kind of plead the mercy on the mercy of the court or send send John Phillips, you know, uh, Brian Coughlin might get that call before me, though. Um, But. (laughs) But you, you know, you send your lawyer in to say, "Look, he he was he didn't get his mail. He didn't know, uh, and there was nothing malicious about it. It's not like he was caught with any drug paraphernalia or anything, you know, more obscene or or foul of the law. It, it, whatever happens, it's going to be a fine, and he's done. There's not going to be any probation. You know, it's it, it this stuff happens all day, every day." in this county and you know nobody else is kind of the wiser for it unfortunately it's it's just it's it was set up on top of a bunch of frustrations and and you know created a bad time bad scenario for for leonard yeah absolutely i I think from a court of law standpoint this isn't like a huge deal is in essence it's really the accumulation of things as a jacksonville jaguars running back high draft pick injuries all the rest of it frustration amongst the fan base frustration maybe even inside the building that will be interesting to watch this dynamic as it looked like he was starting to get back in the good graces of at least the front office uh, there at jags headquarters i, I want to uh hit you on something else i don't know if you had a chance did you read this thing that i sent you about uh, the sand in augusta back in 2012 I did. how I, I did. the reason i thought about you i was like I can only imagine what back then, if you were representing this guy, what you would have tweeted about, said, all this. You would have had some fun with this one, in, I think, in a weird way. But I brought the article up yesterday. I don't know if anybody had a chance to read it. But it's about this guy that flew into Augusta to watch the Masters from Oklahoma. And when the tournament was over, he grabbed like a, a cup of sand out of one of the sand traps, 
eventually it cost him $20,000. He couldn't leave his house for a while. He was plastered all over the Golf Channel, ESPN, <laughs> everywhere else. I mean, that would have been an interesting case to be a part of. It would have. Um, it, you know, every, that's the sand that every sports fan wants. <laughs> But it's like going to the Grand Canyon and taking a rock. If everybody went into the Petrified Forest or Yosemite or wherever and took a little bit with them, there'd be none left for our future. And so technically, yes, it was a crime. But but just from reading the article, uh, it just – it was so severely punished. But, you know, in incidents like that, you do see I- examples – made out of and, and and you know going back to fournette that officer if it was a law enforcement officer videotaping him in the sally port that was making an example out of him now he may have just wanted to give it to his news buddy or whatever but it's the punishment doesn't fit the crime and that was the same thing that rang true about the sand thing it's like look we've got to we've got to stop this ban him for life you know yeah um but the the I just I, Leonard's Fournette Leonard Fournette's mugshot's probably gonna possibly hit the wire. I, I don't know if they processed him there, but but I just I hate mugshots in yeah. public. I, I just I'm just I, it, it, we just let the justice system do its job. We don't have to stigmatize you know the light things. I, I get I get the guys who are you know charged with murder. Let's stigmatize them too, but. I just I hate to see it. That's actually a very good point, especially this day and age with uh, social media and everything. John, I have a quick question for you. I brought up something to Brent's attention, and he shot my idea down right away. I'm hoping you maybe uh, share a more different output of, of what I'm about to say. But well, if he doesn't, are you going to challenge him to like a cage no, match sir, or something? No, I mean... sir. No, uh, sir. John's <laughs> calling the shots here. But so, John, I was wondering, like, why is it that if you get pulled over for a speeding ticket, why can't you just pay for the ticket on the spot? You know, like uh, maybe that the policeman can bring out like a scanner or something like that. You can scan your credit card in and out and you're good to go. We should get there. So so one time in, in about <laughs> eight, eight years ago, you just can't. It's not, we're not set up for that. Because it, what if you want to pay cash and then the officer, you know, never turns it in? They're, they're just there's there's reasons that hasn't worked in the past. That was my argument. But, Corruption, correct? Brent, it's 2019. But, People got credit cards, it, man. <laughs> it happened to me one time. So I back eight years ago, I'd go anywhere, everywhere for you know for for anything like you know. And this this person paid me a couple hundred bucks to go up to a small town in Georgia and take care of their ticket. And a bailiff came out, judge wasn't there, bailiff came out and said, son, are you paying cash or card or check? And I said, I, I, I can pay any, you know, I, I, I can pay cash, it's fine. And uh, he said, well, we'll give you a better deal if you pay cash. And he took me into this little room, <laughs> and and I paid cash, and the ticket just went away. And to this day, I'll never know with this small Georgia town whether that cash ever saw the city coffers. And you know that stuff happens, and so you know. To uh, I'll point counterpoint. Point is, we should be there to make these things easier. Counterpoint: we we don't so far because of concerns with corruption. Now, if if everything's like an airplane and you just stick a credit card in a little slot, I don't see how that wouldn't help. Yeah, I say Venmo. <laughs> exactly. Venmo there, to now the, we're uh, talking <laughs> to the police department or wherever we're supposed to pay. <laughs> standpoint you know people do need to digest whether they want to plead no contest plead guilty you know maybe find out whether the the stop sign the cop you know the cops 
radar was incorrect. I mean, there are some things that you don't want justice to be too fast, that it's injustice, if that makes sense. Um, and, you know, we see that with, uh, what if that were the case with DUIs? Okay, pay your fine. And then all of a sudden we're, you know, we're going off of a failed test that might not have been, that might not have been accurate. And so, um, the, you know, there's, you don't want justice to be so fast that it becomes injustice. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, John Phillips from the law offices of John Phillips uh, stops by every couple of weeks here tackling the law. And, well, Leonard Fournette put it on a tee today. Now, listen, the Duval House still probably – do you have a Fournette jersey in there? And and will you still believe in Fournette? Take the, the lawyer hat off now. Put on your uh, teal jersey and say, okay – Fournette, I still believe in you. We gotta, we gotta get this thing. We need you to, to be good in 2019, or are you like so many other people? Like I've had enough. So our wall of jerseys is four, 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 four in the back, and so our our four representative and Jaguars representative was Miles Jack, 44, yeah. and then TJ Yeldon's college jersey because I went to Alabama. Uh-huh. So we had we had TJ instead of Fournette because 24 messed it all up. Uh, 27. And so, um, I don't know. What's the trade offer? What's my, what's my <laughs> alternative? Um, I, you know, I, well, I, I hope he returns down. to form. <laughs> yeah, they are. They uh, are. So, uh, we'll see what, I, listen, I don't think somebody actually said that to me uh, a short time ago, like, well, they're going to get rid of him now. And I'm like, no, they're not. This does not do, this doesn't change. In my opinion, this doesn't change anything. The Jags of the Jags view inside that building. I know it can't. I mean, the, the, it, it stinks for them. It's going to be a bad day for. I think Tad's not even there right now. He's out. Of, he's on a vacation. But it's going to be a bad day for you know the people that have to handle the PR side of it and come up with a real real statement, not just we're looking at it. Um, but it, it's two traffic tickets, and like to your point, you know, possibly a missed letter while he was out of town on on a training camp. Yeah. Um, so. You know, what do you do? Maybe they, you know what they do? It's like the old Yankees used to do, right? As soon as something bad would happen, they would announce something good. Maybe the Jags should just go to, like, state of the franchise tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) We're adding more pools to the stadium. (laughs) Another dog park. (laughs) Hey, John Phillips, thanks for checking in, man. We'll we'll catch up with you again in a couple weeks. All right, guys. All right, John Phillips from the law offices of John Phillips. Hey, did somebody say waterfall? Let's do it, man. Let's get a waterfall in that stadium. Um, it's always I, I like the legal. Listen, we can talk all we want and try to make up and pretend like we know the legal stuff. Uh, I don't. <laughs> so I thank John for uh, jumping in today, especially with this situation and, and educating us a little bit on uh, on the whole Fournette situ- deal. And, you know, again, I think when you – you sum this deal up for Fournette. It's more about the accumulation of stuff. Like, somebody even said down the newsroom, like, well, he's been in trouble before. Has he? Like, he's never been arrested. And all these, yeah, he got ejected from a game. That's part of sports. We, you know, <laughs> I mean, trouble, let's identify what trouble is. And there's been a lot of things associated to Fournette that we're not even sure. It's just more rumors and hearsay about Fournette last year uh, and then a couple of images that really stick out. Well, we're not done talking about that. We'll update you on the Masters. Stay in your lane and balling and falling. Coming up on ESPN 690. Yes, indeed it is. Tiger Woods, one shot off the lead. He finishes with a first-round 200-par 70. 
on Thursday. Gave one back on the 17th hole, and quite frankly, he missed about, I think three of them were about six feet. Maybe an in, six feet and in, five, six, might even have been seven if you want to stretch it. But makeable putts is my point, and he missed three of those on the day. Otherwise, played beautiful golf for most of the day. So a good round one for Tiger overall. Could have been better, but you know what? Every golfer says that. Justin Harding, Harding is in the lead. Never really heard of him. Adam Scott, three under par. John Rahm, three under par. Uh, how about the Connors guy, Corey Connors, who was the last one in the field. He won the Texas Valero Open last week to qualify for the Masters. He's two under par. Your guy, J.B. Holmes, two under par. One shot off the My lead, man. just like Tiger. Ricky Fowler turned it on in the back nine. He's two under par. Phil Mickelson, two under as he makes the turn going to the 10th hole. He absolutely loves playing at a Tony Finau, my pick, one under. Charlie Hoffman, Stuart Weber's pick, one under as well. And let me see if I've got any bad news, guys, for you. Dustin Johnson uh, is one under par. That's not bad news. Jason Day, who had some back issues early. I guess he hurt his back picking up his daughter before the round today. And he's had <laughs> back issues anyway. But uh, he's one under par through 10. I would have lied about that. I would have came up with something else for I an know, excuse. I know. I was thinking the same thing. It's like, you know your back is teetering on the I edge. I got in a car accident. You pick your uh, three-year-old up and and it hurt your back. Uh, Billy Horschel, he is at even par. Matt Kuchar, even par. Bubba Watson, even par. I mean, there are so many guys within four shots of the lead, and that includes Rory McIlroy. He finished one over today, a one over 73. So uh, everybody's bunched up at Augusta National after round number one, and some still out on the course. It just doesn't look like anybody's going to pull away and, say, take a two- or three-shot lead, have a six-under round or a seven-under round. And I feel like we usually see that at majors, even at Augusta, and we're not really getting that so far on this uh, day. Some players, I think it was Adam Scott commented that the pin location was really different than it had been in recent years, which kind of messed with their minds. Uh, these guys are so used to this golf course, but they put them in some different locations, at least according to uh, Adam Scott, that uh, might have played with the uh, mental side of the game for some of the players. All right, it's balling and falling time. Brett Morton, Austin Lane. No doubt who's better dressed right now. If you're watching on the video feeds on Facebook, yeah, ESPN 690. That's fine. <laughs> uh, on Twitter, at Brent A.S. Jacks. If you just missed our conversation with John Phillips, you can always go back and watch on the video feeds and also later in the day on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 podcast. Um, I think Koo's got the podcast up and running. We had a question from our buddy Andy across the pond about the podcast last night. Did you take care of Andy? I'm in the process of taking care of it. Mm. Oh, boy. Really loyal to Issue our fan the base. Podcast? No, be, me being stupid, honestly. <laughs> yeah. That yep. sounds about that's, right. That's pretty standard. That's pretty standard for the show, not to, not to bore anybody with what we do, but I, I take out the commercials, right? Yeah. And then I have the whole audio file. I download it. I load it up. I give it a description, and then you have to hit publish. You didn't hit publish. I did not hit publish. By the way, hey, you're not alone there. I do that all the time. We have to do uh, about the same process in TV. When we have a video, we have to attach yeah. it. We have to hit the word attach. Yeah. There's so many times that I'll run out to do my sports cast and I didn't hit attach and they're like, hey, you don't have video in there. I'm like, I know I just cut that yep. video. I just did that video. Are you sure it's not there? And it's I just all never the hit details, it. Brent. All, all the, the details. It's all about paying that ticket. 
They had a dick or two as well, yes. <laughs> All right, balling and falling. What you got? Balling and falling. Here, let me quick off my <laughs> hockey breakdown of all ten pages. All right, we oh, got you gotta it. stay in your lanes coming up soon. Uh, I can't oh, wait for the hockey God, breakdown. We'll see. All right, balling. I got something out there, Brent, for our, our lacrosse lunatics out there Ooh. that are little, huge fans of lacrosse that listen to our show. Let's talk Division Two lacrosse as the Colorado Mesa Mavericks absolutely mollywopped the Johnson and Wales Wildcats. By the way, Johnson and Wales seems more like a law firm that does a, a university. You know what Johnson and Wales is? No idea. It's actually uh, very big into culinary. Oh. Um, well, you saw, would you call that culinary arts? Is that yeah, what that of course. Is? Yeah. Uh, but we had one of the I think the main branches, I think they have one in South Florida. It's a main branch, maybe in the Miami area, but also was up in Rhode Island. That's so what I'm talking about. hospitality and culinary is a big deal. Well, maybe they should stick to cooking and not play lacrosse because they got beat by Colorado Mesa 52-0. to zero. Oh I'll goodness. say it again. 52-0. to The previous NCAA record for goals in the game was put up by Roanoke when they scored 40. So Colorado Mesa absolutely obliterated that record. Uh, Johnson and Wales didn't get one shot on goal during the game, and the game was called early with 7 minutes and 37 seconds left in the fourth because a Johnson and Wales Wildcat hit a CMU player who scored the 52nd goal. The player was injured, put in a neck brace, and taken to the hospital, so they just called the game. Wow. Stick to cooking. Wow. Uh, that, by the way, I think that happens a little bit in lacrosse right now because there are some newbie programs, whether it's high school, college. People are getting in the lacrosse game more and more all mm. over the country. Now, that's a little surprising if they really are the Johnson Wales from Rhode Island because Rhode Island lacrosse been in Rhode Island for a long time. I don't know where their athletic team is based out of. But, uh, yeah, you're right. They should stick to cooking because yeah. uh, they got fried. How about that? Nice. Uh, hey. <laughs> Our guy, Grayson Allen, from Jacksonville, the Providence School, Duke Blue Devils, he's balling. I saw Not this. Not falling. I saw this. 40-point night for Grayson Allen. What are you laughing about? They let him shoot 30 times. Who's hating again? I'm not hating. Wait a minute. Hating again. Wait a minute. Goes, Kuzay, the dude drops 40 points in a game, and you hate on it. They let it, it was obviously an end of season game, but I was excited oh, wow. to see him do it. No, don't get me wrong. I'm on, I'm on the Grayson Allen Hill. Like I've been talking about him and Donovan Mitchell is going to be awesome. Did he really have 30 shot attempts? Oh yeah. Did he? Oh yeah. Well, because the other day he had seven. <laughs> about a week ago he had 17 off the bench. He was like five of six. Yeah, 26 points against the Spurs or Clippers. I can't remember. But is it that was what only he finished a, with? He had 17 like the first half yeah, or something. Yeah. 26 yeah. he ended with, I believe. Okay. So I mean, listen, we know the yeah. guy can fill it up. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, when, you know, given the opportunity, he gets yeah. hot. He is a streaky guy. Even at Duke, he was streaky. But uh, I, I keep an eye on uh, Grayson Allen. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's funny. He he had gone just off the radar. Like, they did not play him a lot of the year, right? No. He, he was, was in the D League for a while, too. Yeah, kind of developing him. I mean, and that's fine, especially on a team that's kind of in the middle of the pack in the West where they're very concerned about getting wins. They don't really have the time to bring – you know, him in and develop him in in game situations. That's what they used essentially last night for, you know, is get him that NBA experience. Uh, but they couldn't afford to do that all season. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I get it. Yeah, it's a, it's a good night for Grayson Allen, 40 points. He's capable of doing that. I get it. I, I understand what you're saying, too. Game 82, they're yeah. trying to, you know, some who's playing who and what's how important is the game. All that stuff is is certainly a, uh, a part of the story there. But uh, 
Jimmer Fredette, is he doing anything with the Suns? I know he, once he got signed, but is he doing anything? I'm pretty sure it was kind of a disaster, and they, <laughs> they didn't want that to be a thing anymore. Oh, did they already get rid of him? Uh, I'd have to check, but I, I remember looking at I think it was like four or five games in, and like the percentages were horrible. I think you might have even brought it, brought it up. It, it just wasn't working. Um, yeah. So, you know. Interesting. It, it's it always, uh, you know, the college football game and the, col- and the NFL game is so different. Mm-hmm. The it surprises me sometimes that college guys that look so good don't translate to the NBA and vice versa. Guys that you really didn't know much of Chandler Parsons. I mean, he was okay. Donovan Mitchell. I didn't Donovan Mitchell. Did you know him much in college, these, or you either you might even know him, but they're just they're okay. Mm-hmm. Then they become stars, you know, in, yeah. in the NBA, and it's like wow, and their game really translates from a style. I'm always. Uh, intrigued by that i don't always understand even why i I don't get the fit because to me some things make sense like even grayson allen grayson allen's a fantastic athlete like jimmy fredette's not a great athlete he's a great shooter Mm -hmm. so i understand like in that why that didn't work well it's tough to play defense i don't know if you're quick enough can you get your shot off grayson allen's a really good athlete so i thought his athleticism would translate to the nba and he would play more role and it might still i mean he's still early in his career but uh, fascinates me that the game doesn't always translate in sports. And even in the draft where it, it's such a rarity where a guy gets taken outside the first round that actually has a, a career in the NBA. You know, I mean, every once in a while there's the outlier, but it, it literally seems like the first 10 picks are the guys that do something in the NBA and then the rest are just kind of backups and bench players. So, yeah. Interesting. Uh, all right. What you got for Fallen? Well, speaking of basketball, Fallen... <laughs> As if things weren't bad enough for LeBron James uh, already, and Kuz, you can back me up here, guys. I got a question for you after I'm done with this one. Stephen Curry, James Harden, Kevin Durant, due to their sneaker deals, are out of Space Jam 2. One would think, well, Giannis out of the Kempo, he has Nike. LeBron James has Nike. Giannis said, no, thank you. He is out of Space Jam 2. Why? Because he's got a work ethic, Brent. Even Kobe Bryant says, hey, Giannis, take it easy this offseason, man. You're working way too hard. Ah. What an absolute mess for Space Jam 2. Do we get the Harlem Globetrotters involved, Coos, or who's, who's going to be the, 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 the five players that are playing for the, the other team here? Unless we're going to get, like, something way out of left field, and that's not even going to be the storyline. WNBA players. Maybe. who hmm. I don't even think maybe they're not even stealing powers. Maybe it's a whole, like, we don't even know. Okay. You know what I mean? But I, I agree with you in that if you were going to have some players, like Curry should definitely be there. Adetta Kumpo should be there. Yeah. Probably Embiid. You know, like James Harden. Like, you got all these guys that you could be going The household for. names. You know, yeah. the, the Charles Barkleys. The, I yeah. mean, I guess Muggsy Bugs was in there for more for his height than he was for his skill set, but... Nevertheless, what about J.J. Redick? Stuart Weber. Hello, Action Sports Jack. <laughs> Star Stuart Weber. NBA in Philadelphia. I was thinking either him or T.J. McConnell would be yeah, a good name. Real <laughs> household name. You know, big, I mean, big, big he's time big star. T.J. McConnell and Nick oh, Foles are like the compl- same level no, in Philly. Don't, easy. I'm easy. not lying. They really – T.J. McConnell. is worldwide, sir. T.J. McConnell is not. Why do I feel like this is like the white NBA player segment of the show? We got Grayson Allen. We got <laughs> T.J. McConnell. We got Jimmer Fredette. <laughs> J.J. Reddick. <laughs> and that will lead us into Kyle Korver's yeah. thing uh, in a little bit, right? Um, not right now, yeah. but I have to go do TV in a moment again. So Action Sports Jack Stuart Weber is going to check in until I get off the tube. But uh, come check us out on CBS 47 at 5 o'clock. Uh, and we'll get into that Corver article. Um, so we are, are just kidding there about the uh, white NBA segment. <laughs> Promise. Uh, Fallen. You're falling. Uh, you're falling. Well, listen, I'll just keep it easy. And I, I, 
Trump trumped me is uh, not Trump. The, oh, the president, I, thought, I thought we were getting political but, for a second. Uh, no, Fournette trumped me and uh. just said, okay, Leonard, you're falling on a Thursday at least. I don't know how far you're falling, but uh, it's worth bringing up every segment if you're just joining us that Leonard Fournette uh, or speeding ticket, then arrested for a suspended license. We spent a lot of time on it already, but I do think from, I think John Phillips brought it up too. I think we've talked about it. Whether people now have a view of, oh my gosh, he's done, it's time to get rid of this guy. I've had enough of this guy. Or if it's just in the building, can we trust this guy? And, and believe me, that's bigger than all of them is can you trust this guy? And this is a backward step after I thought he took some positive steps this off season to say, yes, you can trust me, Jaguars organization. Yeah, I might. I think this might actually be our fault, Brent, the right. whole Leonard Fournette thing. What did we do? We were discussing in the car ride down what topic you were going to discuss with John Phillips. Yes, we were. That was before the news came out. Yeah. jinxed it. Trying to come up with a legal slash courts, Kate, something to talk about, and then that yeah. happened. Well, we made our own bed, too, because we actually did like an entire sports cast yeah, we did from that Augusta yes. that we would play tonight at 6.50, <laughs> and now I have nope. to scrap that, too, because of Leonard Fournette's news, and now I'm in a suit doing TV so, every I mean, 15 minutes. So the most important part of the fallen is the fact that he's making your job a living hell right oh, absolutely. now. Absolutely. I yeah. can't stand Leonard Fournette right now just because I've got to jump on TV and jump out of the show every 10 minutes. That's yeah. the bigger thing. Um, but that being said, my view on the whole Leonard Fournette deal is today is relax a little bit. This is – if this was an isolated incident for – name your guy. Uh, Paul Puzlozny when he was playing. He forgot to pay a ticket. Or didn't pay a ticket. I, I shouldn't say forgot because maybe just didn't want to pay it. Mm -hmm. And then got a speeding ticket. We'd be like, wow, that's a little surprising. <laughs> yeah. But it just goes to show if you if you say it, name player. I don't I, whatever player you want well, to name. Well, yeah, because uh, I don't see Puzz getting a Jaylen ticket Ramsey? just because he's so intense. The cop would be scared of him just not even giving the ticket. But anyways, <laughs> what happened to Jalen? What if it yeah. happened to Jalen Ramsey? What if it happened to Calais Campbell? Mm -hmm. What if it, you know? I think if you if you say it that way, you'd be like. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. But again, I also say a guy like Leonard Fournette has made his own bed to get judged on something that seems a little bit silly. But we judge him on everything now because of some of the things that have happened. And I do have to caution people. Like I, I, people are saying this. It's like, yeah, well, he's been in trouble before. He's been in trouble. There's a difference to me than in trouble. OK, when you get suspended for a game because you crossed, went out on the field and tried to punch somebody in the line within the lines. You know, playing a game. I don't classify that as like in trouble. Like you're talking when I say trouble, I'm thinking guy that's in trouble with the law multiple times. That, well, that hasn't been the case for Leonard Fournette. But Brent, to prove the other point, if you say, "Well, that guy over there, he, he's trouble," if you call somebody trouble, they have character issues. They have character flaws. Well, he has Leonard, character flaws. Leonard Fournette has showed some character flaws. That's fair. I just want to make sure that's a separation, just, okay? okay? Because uh, again. To me, if you have multiple character flaws or trouble with the law type of situations. Dante well, Fowler. Well, then, yeah. Like, Dante Fowler fit that more so, right? What well, do you have? Double digit speeding tickets and the thing in Tampa. And the situation where he knocked, where he knocked the groceries. And the groceries. Yeah. Was, was there something serious? And, and with his girlfriend. Was, and the there was a well. fight. Yeah. Yes. That and so, world star. Okay. So, if you have all that, well, then we start talking about, okay, it, this enough. I've had enough. That's strike three. That's strike four. That's whatever it is. Again, from that standpoint, outside of Jags headquarters, outside of a football field, we haven't heard that kind of stuff from 
Leonard Fournette, unless I'm missing something. I, I But I don't remember all these things outside of the football field. Now, it's a different story when you add all the things that have gone on, what we hear potentially in the building, what we saw on the sideline with T.J. Yeldon, the going across the field and punching another player, which seemed idiotic at the time, and he gets suspended for that. I get it. Now you start putting it all together. I just think it's very important, too, to separate the two. One is trouble with the law in, in this case, and one is being a bad pro or making bad decisions on the field. There is a difference. And to me, it's either is it a character issue or not. And I've talked about this in the beginning of the show. I've had speeding tickets, and I forgot to pay them sometimes right away. So I can't sit back here and judge somebody and say, well, th- this guy's an issue, this guy's a problem, because I don't know. I don't know the percentage here, Stuart, but a majority of the people, I think, could go through the same thing. I'm sure there's 50% of the population right now that may not have paid a parking ticket from the meter that I forgot about it, that saw four naked arrests and be like, oh, man, I better go pay that ticket. I just remembered. So it's hard to judge somebody like that. Yeah, it definitely is, and everybody gets speeding tickets, uh, but not everybody has that that system of people in place to help them with these things. Not everybody has a financial guy to be like, hey, pay this bill, this bill, this bill, or to do it for you. True. And so a lot of people will think of it that way and be like, well, doesn't he have somebody to help him with this stuff? And and, and here's, here's the point with that, too, and that, that's, that's a great point you brought up. You're only as good as the crowd that you hang out with and the crowd that you surround yourself with. No doubt. So if it's his agent, if it's his financial advisor, somebody's not getting the job done. Somebody didn't remind him to pay that ticket, and somebody's at fault. Now, at the end of the day, you should pay your own speeding tickets. But sure. having played in the league, having having to know like how much goes into the offseason, how much stress it can be and everything – you usually have people for that. So you're only as good as the people that you hang with. And unfortunately, someone made the mistake, whether it was Leonard Fournette or the agent, but someone's at fault here. And it has a lot of people angry. People are angry right now. I mean, not just Brent and me for having to redo our show, <laughs> but like people who, who are heavily invested in this Jaguars team. And you hate to see something like this in April. April, you don't want to be talking about these things. Especially after a season that was disappointing. You want to get a fresh start going into the offseason. You want to get a fresh start coming into this next year here. And it's not off to a good start now because somebody got arrested. All right, hey, when we come back, more with Stuart Weber. I want to talk about some of your master's moments there. Right, I like you were it. At. Uh, maybe some cuisine that you ate. We'll talk about that later. ESPN 690. Welcome back to ESPN 690. Joined now by Stuart Weber as Brent has taken off to go shoot some more video because Leonard Fournette couldn't pay his speeding tickets on time. So yeah, he, it's just the boys uh, right now. He's doing a live hit, as he we is. like to say in the, the TV terminology. He's part of our team coverage off the top. Of course, uh, Action News Jax covers breaking stories like no other. Yeah. And uh, and Brent Martin are there to, to lend his, his football side of things expertise uh, when it comes to Leonard Fournette. So he's down there right now. You can check him out on CBS 47, but keep listening as you do that. It's probably a good thing that he's not here right now because my hockey breakdown coming up the next couple minutes oh um, may make him turn his head a little bit at me. Not a big deal, though, because when the when the cat is away, the mice will play. Stuart, I'm glad you're here with me. You have I'm your playoff happy. beard. You have your hockey playoff beard ready to go. That's right. Of course, the Jacksonville Icemen playoff start tonight for them. They're down in Estero taking mm-hmm. on the Florida Everblades which is uh, low-key, pretty cool mascot, the <laughs> Everblades. You know, I get I, it. I like it. I dig it. 
Um, yeah, so they, they encouraged everyone, including uh, the mayor, Lenny Curry. He's wearing his playoff beard. They said, let's get those playoff beards started. It's looking good. It's coming end. along. You know, it's day four. Yeah. Day four here. And yeah. in, in TV news, I rarely get the chance to do this. Oh, uh-huh. I didn't think. You, you know, you have to be clean shaven. Yeah, you got to be clean shaven. But this gives me an excuse not to be. Fair enough. I mean, uh, can you kind of like break the mold and just have a beard or is that frowned upon? You can. There's some people in this market who do have it. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a, it's a certain look to pull off, and we'll we'll see how how we okay. do this thing. Because normally the only time I'll grow it more than a week is like when I'm on vacation, which I will do next month when I go on a vacation for almost two weeks. I'll have another one of these going. So fair enough. Yeah, so we, we had hockey talk coming up, but first I want to get into Augusta. You're at Augusta, yes, for the Masters. I didn't get the invite. I must have okay. lost the invitation in the mail. Must have saw you guys were having a. A grand old time over there, but what were some of your thoughts? What, what are you taking away from this year from being at the Masters? Obviously, you didn't see a lot of golf action per se, but um, what are you taking away from there? Yeah, uh, it's always cool for us because you get to walk the course a little bit. You get to, to go see the sights. It's, it's, as many sports fans know, one of those meccas that you have to get to before you're done, especially if you're a golf fan. Uh, they got some rain, of course, on Tuesday, and I was expecting the scoring to be significantly better today because of that. Uh, lots of rain, softens up the course, lets you go right at the pin. But uh, they really dried that thing out really quickly because <laughs> three unders leading, and no one is really you know scaring that three under number right now. They they might by the end of the day, but uh, scoring has not been good. Well, and Brent was yesterday, I think it was going into some of the technology that they sure, use actually yeah. to dry off the course. And usually when it's golf talk, I'm I'm kind of dozing off a little bit. I'm gonna be honest, but it's fascinating just. How scientific. I mean, it's not just you take a lawnmower, you cut the grass. I mean, there's so much that goes into it, especially at a course like, you know, at the Masters where it's the most pristine of the pristine. Um, as far as the environment's concerned, I yeah. mean, just a really cool atmosphere. It is. It is. And it's different because of the no cell phones thing. So, See, and I, I didn't know about that either. Yeah, so no fans, have a cell phone. No fans are allowed to bring any cell phones in. And then once Thursday starts, no cameras either. Those poor millennials. I know. They they have a tough time out there. It's, wow. It's rough. So do you have it in your pocket? Or do no, they, no, no. You, you can't, can't bring can't it on the it. grounds at all. Wow. You can't bring it out there at all, which a lot of the golfers have said they really like because, you know, you, you got the people engaged. They're not focused on taking pictures. There aren't phones randomly going off in the crowd. And, and everybody is there for golf, and they're focused on golf, which is fun. It's weird for us. It's very hard to communicate, by the way, because if you get lost from, say, me and Brent when we're both out there, yeah. if we get lost from each other, I can't just text him. Exactly. I can't call him. I can't I see where he is. I would have been screwed if we were shooting the show like, it would have been on difficult. the course. Yeah. The local affiliates in Augusta, what they do is they get those little CB radios is how they do it. Okay. And using that technology, they're able to talk to each other out on the course. Fascinating. Yeah. Brent Martin, welcome back. Just whoever took my seat. I wanted, to, I wanted to be here, able to hear coos, and right now I can't hear it over on that spot. Plus, I wanted to be on the web stream. Hi, Hello, everybody. Weber. I'm, I'm about tired of being on uh, in front of a video camera. Dude, so. I, I believe it, man. Um, it makes right. you feel any better. That tie is really sweet. Thanks, man. Appreciate <laughs> it. He wasn't planning on wearing it today. No. I believe it. was not not till later tonight, at least. Uh, what are we talking about? Uh, just talking about his overall experience at the Masters, um, the environment, and just kind of some of the technology that goes into drying off the course and whatnot. And now we'll get into the food. Yeah. The, well, Brent kind of teased me a little bit yesterday, but let's get back into it. The uh-huh. food. Did you have a cheese sandwich, a pimento cheese sandwich? I, I personally enjoyed the egg salad sandwich more. I, I tend Ooh, to go to the okay. egg salad sandwich. That's that's my sandwich of choice there. Um, but they've got like the 
the ice cream sandwich with what is it, the peach ice cream, Brent? Yeah, I think it is. Oh, it's so good. That one's terrific. Uh, Weber put on like four pounds. Yeah, no, I probably did. <laughs> and we didn't walk the course as much as we have in years past, so I didn't walk it off either. Usually the excuse is that I'm just going to walk it right off. That did not happen. <laughs> no, I just I just ate more of it. And it was, you know, it was worth it, though. I'm not complaining. Um, by the way, uh, about halfway home today, uh, Weber's like, ah, oh, we should have brought those guys a pimento cheese sandwich. This is, this is what <sighs> That's this all is I talked Weber about works, for the man. past four days. Uh, I didn't think of you at all, honestly. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, been, man. he's been six hours on the radio with you while in Augusta. I know. Yeah. So, Brinacuz. So I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it went through my head as we were coming back, so it was a little too late, but at least I was thinking of you guys. Thank you. I appreciate it, Stuart. Brent, yeah. every single episode, I mentioned a pimento cheese sandwich. You did. And I thought it was like one of those things where you couldn't bring it, like you couldn't bring it out of the out of the course, like they would stop you. No, it's real easy to do actually. You just grab it. Yeah, yeah. So okay, that's cool. That's that's good to know. At least someone was thinking about me. Um, <laughs> it's all yes, good. That's what we're trying to think about you. Okay, uh, cool, cool. Have you hit your stay in your lane yet? Nope. We were waiting for you to come back. No, yeah. we appreciate it. We got hockey talk here. Yep. We have playoff beards. We got some hockey talk coming up. So. Brent, you know I'm kind of a big hockey guy. Yeah, you you I, like it. You're a Detroit uh, Red Wings guy. I, I'm a big Wings guy. They I grew stink. Up, okay, not off to a good start with <laughs> hockey talk right now, but but I grew up a big Wings fan. This year I haven't been watching it too much just for the fact that the Wings haven't been doing that well, so there's really no reason to watch it. And especially being in Jacksonville, nothing against the state of Florida, but it's not the biggest hockey town. Now, there is a lot of hype for the Iceman coming up now and everything like that, but I feel like hockey doesn't get talked about much on this show, so I figured I'd change it up a little bit. And I took in mind, it's probably like MMA, where people may follow it, but people may not understand it. They may not understand who to root for um, and some of the intricacies of the game. So what I did is I took my analysis, I took my uh, my hockey knowledge, and I broke down every single team in the playoffs this year. And I saw the bracket, and I broke them down. And instead of just giving you the, the X's and O's of boring people to death, I compared each team in the playoffs this year to somebody that you might meet in a bar. Oh, all right. All right, let's do it. And I, I think you just didn't want to pronounce some of the names. Oh, of the players? Yeah. Well, that too, that's obviously. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the, the first group we got, so the Sharks are playing the Knights. The Sharks, I consider the cool guy who grew up to be, uh, I'm sorry, the, the Sharks are the cool guy who grew up with a bunch of trust fund kids, but to, but decided to be a street tough instead. Now, why do I say that? Well, the Sharks, they're from California. San, sure, Jose. San Jose. yeah. You know, they, they have to deal with the Anaheim Mighty Ducks being the, the big movie stars that they were and whatnot. They got to deal with the LA Kings winning their Stanley Cup and no one coming to the parade. San Jose is a little more of a blue-collar town, a little more of a street-tough town. One could be exemplified if you watched the game last night with the Sharks. Joe Pavelski literally knocked a puck in with his chin. Uh, the puck was deflected, hit him in the mouth, and he scored a goal off it. That's <laughs> been the calling card of the Sharks all season. They're a team that, yes, they're from California, but they're, they're gritty. They're out of teeth. I know, right? Uh, they're a team from California, but they're gritty. They're intense. They have some pretty sweet beards, and they're missing some teeth. Are you legally allowed to call a different NHL team gritty? Ooh. Now that they have a mascot named Gritty? But We've I feel like, to Philly. Thank you. Uh, yeah, how, how are they doing this year? Um, I feel like the word grit, though, is so common in hockey. Sure. Like, seriously, through all these teams, I probably say grit once, <laughs> at least once for these teams here. So the Sharks, they're the cool guy that grew up with a bunch of trust fund kids, 
but decided to be a street tough instead. All right. Let's go on to the Knights, who they're playing. Uh, the Knights are like the cool foreign exchange student in a bar you went to high school with. You don't know where they came from, but you're intrigued by their story. You don't care of how they may be playing Las Vegas, the fact that they have one of the greatest hockey stories of all time where they're an expansion team last year. No one thought they'd even make the playoffs. They come together despite a huge shooting tragedy that happened in their state, uh, and they come up just short against the Capitals in the finals. The Knights are missing some key pieces from last year that made them go deep in their run, but you can't count them out because, once again, they're a gritty team. Gritty. (laughs) Another gritty one. They're they're a gritty team, but um, they're a guy where they're not a lot of household names, per se, but they play together, and that was exemplified last year. Stuart, your thoughts? I'm going to start going to you two as well if you have any thoughts. Yeah, no, I'm a little curious what what bars you're going to as a high schooler with foreign exchange students. No, they're the cool foreign exchange student that you went to high school with. Oh, okay, I got thrown off there. They're back in town now. I got you. They're back. Maybe it was like a They've high school reunion. they learned some life experiences. Yeah, sure. yeah. Okay. They're back in town visiting. Yeah. I'm, okay. You know, cool. All Vegas. Right. Let's go to Predators. The Nashville Predators. If you're just guessing the Nashville Predators, what, what would I call the Nashville Predators? Uh, they're catfishers. Nope. <laughs> good call, but they're... <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Uh, no, the Predators, they're, they're the annoying hipsters who seem a little off. Titans, yeah. (laughs) Listen, nothing has been more in style the past couple years than being a Predators fan. Yeah. Um, I know they're playing Old Town Road. Exactly. Whether it's country music stars giving them props even though they don't know what a penalty kill is or if it's the uptick in ticket sales as soon as a team becomes playoff bound. The Nashville Predators are kind of a cool team to like. And just like uh, those kind of people that used to say, I'm a big Kings of Le- Kings of Leon fan, just because I used to hear the song, Use Somebody, it's kind of <laughs> overplayed, and it's kind of washed out. So take it how you want. If you're an annoying hipster, go ahead and like the Predators. They are led by P.K. Subban, who mm-hmm. is one of the biggest stars in the NHL. Um, he, you know, he's one of the, the black players that have really made a name for himself. Um, he's kind of transcended the sport of hockey. Uh, he's in all the magazines. He's in all the commercials. So P.K. Subban, Predators, check him out. Uh, they always get a good calling for the uh, national anthem, by the way. Why is uh, that? In Nashville. They better. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah. musicians in the world, yeah. Good call. Good call. Uh, so we'll finish off here before we go to break. Let's go. They're playing the Dallas Stars. Now, the Dallas Stars are like the random cowboy in a bar. The reason I say that is because you hardly ever really see one. The Dallas Stars haven't been in the playoffs a lot lately. Um, but they're blue collar. They come from a very, very tough upbringing. And they're just trying to make their father happy. Now, why do I say that? Well, the biggest story with the Dallas like Stars, this, the, the biggest story of the Stars this season was the fact that their be, uh, their best two players were called out by their CEO. And when I say oh. called out, I mean expletive, expletive, farm animal, expletive. Like, it was really bad how the CEO laid into these guys. But for whatever reason, it seemed to be working. They've had three head coaches in the past three years. They're a tough-hitting team. They lack a little offense. But right now, I think their only goal is to make their CEO happy. So that's what they're trying to do. All right. Dallas right. Stars. That's uh, one quarter of the NHL playoffs. Did you go through everybody? No, that was yeah. four, four out of no, no, that's 16. Four out of 16, Brent. No, I know, but do you have like, yeah. you the, have? A, this took me like three hours to do, by the my way. My goodness gracious. You yeah. have a guy in the bar for every team? I do. You might have to do like four more today and eight more tomorrow. Yeah, whatever you think, man. It's all good. Well, I think the show goes until 6. That's it. Yeah. That's what I think. I can hurry it up a little bit. I like it, though. I like where you're going with yes. this. Go find a team. Find your favorite team. Playoff hockey's fun. Lightning surprisingly lost. More 
of your favorite team you can find in a bar, apparently. I think it's how the way I'll sell this. Yep. More on Leonard Fournette. And uh, the Kyle Korver article. Got to get to that, too. Coming up on ESPN 690. There we go. Grayson uh, Marshall. Appreciate it. Not Grayson Allen. Grayson Marshall. We a lot of Grayson's on too. the show uh, here today. I want to be able to call myself a legend at some point. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could just call myself just a legend. Yeah, just do it. I mean, not really. I don't feel like I've attained the status yet. Unfortunately, the AAF is gone. Otherwise, you could have played for the Atlanta team. <laughs> then I would have been a legend. That's right. Yep. Uh, I mean, isn't John Legend's name's... Well, I mean, can you get any better? Well, he can't call himself a legend because then that's just weird. Hey, it's John Legend, the legend. Like, that's, that's weird. That's a good point. But I'm going to be <laughs> I'm honest. I'm going to say, hey, my middle name's The. When hey, I it's pl- John, the legend. When I played with Robbie Gold in Chicago, um, we had a few conversations. And I always told him that for his voicemail, because I was like, hey, it's Robbie Gold. I'm not here right now. I said, dude, just be like, hey, you, you got gold. And then that's <laughs> it. Like, that's all you got to say, man. But he, he didn't play along, unfortunately. It's did his you, loss. Did you see the uh, photo of John Legend? and Christy Teigen, D. Wade at home in Miami took like a jump shot or something was falling out of bounds and landed on both of them and they're the oh, drinks yeah. going yeah, everywhere. Yeah, I did see like, that. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. Uh, Brett Martino, Austin Lane, Coos, Action Sports, Jack Stewart Weber here as well. By the way, a little Masters update for you. Three under still in the lead. A few golfers, Rom, Scott, and Harding, J.B. Holmes, Tiger Woods, amongst a big contingent, Ricky Fowler at two under, just one off the lead. And how about, really, the storyline could be Jordan Spieth and Justin Rose, world number one. Many people picked them to win. I almost did. Four over par for those guys on the opening day. So, again, you can – it looks like it's really hard to shoot yourself out of this tournament on the first 18 holes, but those guys have some catching up to do at the very least to even – uh, get in the mix going into the weekend. You know what we failed to do with all the four net talk? I'm bouncing up and down uh, TV to radio. I do like this now. I just go run down the stairs to a TV run, back up, do a little radio. Uh, so we're all over the place on CBS 47, Fox 30, and ESPN 690. Leonard Fournette's story is a big story. Um, Leonard Fournette kind of making his own bed here, making this a bigger story than probably just the actual details are. But That's just the way it is when, first of all, you're a football player in the NFL, you're a football player in the NFL here in Jacksonville, and you're a football player here in the NFL in Jacksonville that has had some issues on the field uh, in the past, including injury-riddled season, a season where you lost a lot of the fan support because of the way uh, some of his antics on the field, on the sideline. And uh, I don't think he's uh, winning over the fan base with today's transgressions, getting arrested after getting a speeding ticket. His arrest comes because he had a suspended license. That's the latest on Leonard Fournette. But because of all that kind of stuff, let's brighten up the mood. Let's We do it at 4 o'clock usually. But happy hour Hornet at 5.20 on a Thursday. Yeah, very 
up and down? Okay, because it's in my ears. I can hear that. By the way, I feel Grab like... Grab a drink, get a shot, tip, restart, tennis, whatever. Unless, Cruz, what are you doing? Unless you're Fournette, don't, don't do that. Okay. Go home Today's for a while. a day where I might even dip into the Vita Day. We'll be right back <laughs> there right sure. now. I mean, it's been uh, I don't blame a wild you, one. So, I don't a nice blame whiteboard, you. too. Thank, Thank you, you very much. We'll have to capture that whiteboard. Make sure when you do the whiteboards of the week, that one's on I'll it. I'll put okay? that one on there Thank for sure. Thank you very much. Yep. A little something for the fans. I got called a legend. Very good. Yep. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, let's go back to your NHL. Here's the deal. We've decided you're going to do the other four Western Conference teams yeah. in the postseason yeah. uh, that you could find at a bar, and then we'll do the eight Eastern Conference teams tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. So basically what I did was I broke down each playoff NHL team, and, and uh, yeah, but each team in the NHL playoffs, and then I compared them to someone that you would meet in a bar so that way everybody can kind of get an idea of uh, who we're talking about because – Everyone's been to a bar before, mm-hmm. and if you're in high school and you're listening to this show, sorry, not sure what to tell you. All Next right. time, by the way, you're at a bar, be sure to call these people by this mascot name. Now we're talking. I like Just that. see what happens. Let I us like know. that. All right, let me get to uh, the other ones quick. All right, so we got the Calgary Flames, the number one seed in the conference. The Calgary Flames are like the cool wedding party. Have you guys ever been to a bar and all of a sudden like 10 people from a wedding party come in but they're a good time? Maybe you, maybe you see some people that you recognize and like the old people in the group. And then all of a sudden you see some cool younger kids that may be underage, maybe using a fake ID, but you don't say anything because they're with a the group and you guys are having a good time. That's the Calgary Flames in a nutshell. The Flames come from a very rich history but are somewhat unknown. Compiled the season with a bunch of seasoned vets but is led by the young guy, a.k.a. Johnny Gardeau, a.k.a. Johnny Hockey, as they're calling him. Uh, the Flames are the top seed for a reason. They score a lot of goals. They're young, they're old, a nice combination, a good mixture. So the Calgary Flames are definitely a team to watch. When, All right. When does Johnny Hockey change his name to John Hockey? <laughs> <laughs> well, the guy's like 18 years old, so I think he's got a couple years left before yeah. he becomes John Hockey. He's got to play in a couple of different leagues and cause them to fold, and then he'll be good to go. So I don't think I said this yet, by the way, with my uh, breakdowns, but I'm a little biased. And there are some teams that I'm not a fan of, as you're about to hear. So if you're a Colorado Avalanche fan, oh boy, just go ahead and turn off the off button right now because I'm tell like it is. Uh, <laughs> the Colorado Avalanche are playing the Calgary Flames. Number one, good luck. Number two, if you're in a bar, the Avalanche are the jukebox. Just play the old hits, shut up, and get out of my face. <laughs> That's all you got to know about them. Living in the past, not going to beat the Flames. Um, we get it. In the 90s, you had some pretty good players. Patrick Wah was the foundation. You guys battled the wings a lot. Haven't heard much about you since then, so just play the good hits and uh, leave me alone. All right, and then the last but not least. That got personal. That, that was did. all up in the oh, field. That actually sounded like a, you could describe, put that subscription next to the Detroit Red Wings a little bit, too. Well, so I'm going to come Ooh. out and say, like, let's be serious here. The, 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 the Wings and the Avalanche are some of the biggest rivals of all time in, yes, the, in hockey history. That so was fun, actually. That was a good, that, that was, that was a good that's stretch. That's what made me fall in love with the sport. And last but not least, we have the Jets and the Blues. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets are the friend that moved away but oh. comes back for the holidays to come visit. Oh, Atlanta Thrashers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, you know, the Jets were a franchise in the past. They became the Thrashers, and then they went back to Winnipeg. They are the Jacksonville Iceman affiliate. Yeah. So they have a soft spot in your heart, um, a team you can cheer for, obviously. And uh, that's all I got about the Winnipeg Jets. To tell you <laughs> one day, one day, Wacy Rabbit might be on that team. Keep okay. Your, keep your eyes peeled. Jacksonville Iceman, good time to mention. They play tonight down there in the Fort Myers area. 
and uh, against the Florida Everblades. Game one of the postseason that will be back a week from tonight. That's why we've got our playoff beards growing. By the way, you're doing a heck of a job with yours, Austin. Thank you very much. I appreciate like it. Three a days lot of work. Worth. That's insane. I mean, I did I did this morning, actually. I shaved, and it's already back to where it is. Wild. Uh, the last but not least, playing the Santa Jets Claus. is the St. Louis Blues. The St. Louis Blues are the guy who just got over a bad breakup and is pumped to be back out in the wild. January 2nd, the Blues had the worst record in the NHL. They have an interim coach now, and they're kind of an enigma when it comes to the NHL. They don't make any sense. They shouldn't be that good, but they found a new sense of competence, a new sense of breaking out with a breakout rookie goaltender in Jordan Bingenson. Uh They have team chemistry. They have a pretty decent offense, a solid defense. They have it all. And they're playing with confidence. They're back out there. They're they're experiencing life again. So I predict that the, the St. Louis Blues could go far in the playoffs just from the crazy story. Of all your descriptions, I think I would, uh, if I didn't like a team, have a team, know a team, I, I kind of feel like I would take the Blues. R- Trouble on the rocks at home, Brad? What are you saying, dude? <laughs> yeah, we still can't figure out what we're doing this weekend. <laughs> okay. All right. Brett's like, taking the blues. I like the wedding party. I like them. You like the wedding party. Yeah. Okay. Well, stay tuned tomorrow because it gets a little more intense tomorrow. Oh, All right. Uh, find conference. your favorite NHL team in the playoffs. This is the time to watch hockey, people, because playoff hockey <laughs> really is a good. lot of fun. It's fun. And this it was a, a flat-out stunner last night that Columbus beat uh, uh, the Lightning. Tampa Bay yeah. Lightning. What so, happened in that Penguins game? Anyone know? Uh, they were in overtime when we were eating dinner, and I never went back and checked the score. Yeah, I don't know either. But go watch hockey. It's yeah. exciting. <laughs> it is. But, I can check it out quick. Uh, oh, the, the Islanders won 4-3. to three. Boom. Gosh, Islanders are another one. They've been good in a long time. Yeah, that's funny you should say that. Yeah, That's tomorrow. Uh, that's tomorrow. That's a little teaser. That's a little teaser tomorrow. It's the most we've ever talked about the NHL on the show, but in a creative way. I enjoy it. First the magic, now the NHL. Your homework, too, is Well, I'm just glad this actually kind of worked out because it was either going to be good or an absolute dumpster fire. I'll look at the numbers on the viewers tomorrow. The to be determined. It's not right. And we don't determine that stuff. That's a good there point. There have been segments on this show that I'm like, yeah, that was awesome. And uh, uh, crickets. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a sound bite we need. I need crickets to add to our little <laughs> yeah, board over here. Now we're talking. Uh, hey, when we come back, Kyle Korver uh, wrote an interesting article and an important article in the Players' Tribune. Uh, want to talk about it from a broad standpoint and also dissect a bit. Also more on the Leonard Fournette situation. We'll keep you posted on the Masters, who's leading after round number one, all the way on ESPN 690. Half hour to go here on a busy Thursday with all the Leonard Fournette news. Day one of the Masters and oh, trying to find your favorite NHL team as well. Brett Martineau, Austin Lane, Coos. Thanks to uh, Marcel Robinson, Action Sports, Jack Stewart Weber for jumping in and out. Uh, we've been in and out because of TV uh, on CBS 47 and Fox 30 and heading back that direction at 6 o'clock as well if you want more on the Leonard Fournette uh, story. And we're not done with that here either. But I've been talking about this for a couple of days. And, and this week, Kyle Korver had an article in the Players' Tribune. I think the Players' Tribune is a very cool idea. And I think Derek Jeter is, is one of the main owners of of the Players' Tribune, or at least he partially came up with the concept, but I think he has a stake in it, Mm -hmm. Uh, or he did. Maybe he had to get rid of it when he owned the Marlins. I have no idea. But uh, I've always – I like the idea of it because the athletes feel like uh, they can kind of let loose. Yeah, they can just be themselves. And they kind of – It's not formal. They own themselves in that, right? They kind of do what they want to do instead of being interviewed and Mm -hmm. letting me write your story. They write their own story essentially. Yeah, it's – I mean, an easy way to put it, it's like you're – 
sitting at a bar with them. They're telling you a story. It's yeah. basically what it feels like. I remember, uh, I mean, I've read a bunch of articles, but one of my favorite ones was Darius Miles, a former basketball player who was one of my favorites back in the day. Um, it just, you know, and obviously it didn't work out for him, but he goes into great detail exactly what went wrong and his, his whole thought process. It's one thing to, to interview somebody and just have them talk. But it's another thing for the guy to actually come forward and say, this is what I was thinking. This is what was going on. Yeah, and yeah. So that's where, that's where the Players' Tribune really shines. Yeah, I think it peels back the curtain a lot if the if the player's willing to do it. A lot of retirements are announced there. Mm-hmm. Thank you letters are written there. I mean, it's all sorts of uh, content. Well, this one in particular with Kyle Korver uh, got a lot of attention. And this is called Privileged. He's playing in Utah, and basically he – he bases it around a couple of different incidents that have happened in his career with black players. And, of course, Kyle Korver is a white player in the NBA. Uh, 75% of the NBA is made up of black players, mm-hmm. black athletes. And his whole point in this article is to bring up racism and not steer clear of it, not run away from it, but acknowledge that it still exists. Acknowledge that even in a league that is full of black players, the paying customer usually looks more like Kyle Korver and is white. Mm -hmm. And we see, well, we don't always see, but his point is you hear a lot of things pointed at players, the African-American athlete, uh, to the point that Utah has gotten kind of exposed in terms of their fans mm-hmm. at being guilty of this more times than not, not just the Russell Westbrook incident, but on various occasions. And after that Utah situation, Utah's players actually held a meeting where they kind of aired some of their thoughts on this. And so anyway, I'm not going to recite the whole Players' Tribune article, but go and read it. And it's very interesting. And I, I will say this from a – I thought this is an interesting dynamic because we're talking about the NBA, which is primarily black athletes. And the NBA's popularity is enormous right now. I think it's growing and growing and growing. I think I just saw Forbes come out with something that it's now surpassed the average uh, worth of a franchise in the NBA is $1.9 billion, which has now surpassed the average Major League Baseball worth, which is like $1.7 billion. So. The popularity is is great. It's a global sport, which to me invites all different ethnicities and backgrounds and heritages. Uh, But that being said, those athletes have long heard things that you probably shouldn't have to hear. And this day and age especially, we think we're by that, right? We think Mm -hmm. we don't deal with that. Well, that's can't be further from the truth. And that's still a problem in society, not just in sports, but in society. And I have always believed that I think racism still exists to the point it does right now because of the generation still. Like we might think that it's been a long time since Jackie Robinson crossed the barrier in baseball, since a lot of things have changed in our our world from a black and white standpoint. But we know with recent developments in the last five years – that that is not the case from Ferguson to beyond to Louisiana to everywhere. But I, I believe it's a generational thing that still takes so much more time because, unfortunately, those thoughts of racism can be passed down, mm-hmm. you know, from families, from parents to the kids to that generation grows up thinking that way, thinking some of the things to be said are OK. And then they pass it down to their kids. So I still believe, although we are in a much better place on, on many fronts, 
uh, when it comes to that, that's easy for a white guy to say, right? For me, uh, I believe we're still a long way from not having to talk about this topic. And I think it's mostly because we need another generation or two. And I do think we've brought this up before. The millennials, the younger people, they're more accepting of everybody, right? Isn't that one of the qualities Mm -hmm. of today's younger generation? It feels like, I think that we've discussed that before, more accepting. And maybe that's a a step in a good direction, but that still will take time. It'll take time until they have kids and they pass those thoughts on. And we acknowledge the mistakes made in, in our history and we don't talk the way some people still talk. So I thought it was really good of Kyle Corver to bring this to the forefront. It can be a difficult topic to discuss at times, but I want to get your thoughts on it, obviously, mm-hmm. as a, an African-American athlete. Yeah. Uh, and then I also want to take it one step further from a broad point of view. So I guess we got a quick story time here. Um, I'm not going to out the university because I have respect for the program um, and I had respect for the head coach that was there, but I was on a recruiting trip, and it was me and four other black guys. So basically how a recruiting trip works, obviously, Brent, I'm sure you know, is where you get slated with the host, um, a football player, uh, the host. You get slated with him, and then it was me, the host, and then three other teammates. So we're all in this car. I was riding in the back seat. Um, you know, and then the other guys were around me. So I was riding in the middle because obviously I'm the high school kid. I'm probably the smallest kid there, so I'm riding right in the middle. And uh, we were going to – I want to say we were going to a movie or something like that. Obviously, it's back in 2006, so my memory kind of escapes me a little bit. But I think we were going to a movie. It's probably 8.30, 9 o'clock, and uh, we get pulled over. And I've been pulled over before. It wasn't a big deal to me. Um, coming from a smaller town in Wisconsin, I – you know, I'm not used to really seeing a, you know police come to your car and stuff, but I'm, I've been pulled over before, so it wasn't a, that big a deal. Cop comes to the car, and this is a white cop, and tells us to get out of the car. And you got to keep in mind, if this would have happened nowadays, I would have questioned it, be like, why? Why do I have to get out of the car? But you know, being a being a, a high school kid who's just trying to you know earn a scholarship, who's trying to make it. I mean, I, I followed everything the cop said, and so did the other players in the car. So takes us out of the car and. We put our hands in the car, and he starts searching us, and he starts searching the car, and um, didn't find anything. Then he brings the dog out of the car, and the dog's smelling us. And now at this point, I'm a little nervous because, like, I get it, the dog's trained, but, like, the dog is super close to me. I'm hoping I didn't put on some, like, kind of bad deodorant or something like that that makes the dog go nuts, and he bites the crap out of me. Um, Thankfully, that didn't happen, but... So, we, you know, the dog searched us, and we were clean, and the, the cop's like, all right, get the hell out of here. And that was the exact wordage, and that was it. And I remember getting back in the car and asking the driver, who was my uh, one of the hosts or whatever, I'm like, dude, what was up with that? Like, we didn't do anything wrong. He's like, oh, it's just the way it is around here. I'm like, just the way it is around here. Like, that was – and granted, I mean, this was a smaller school, so I didn't really plan on going there anyways. But, like, that was a big decision to me. I'm like, if that's – Standard. If getting pulled over by a white police cop, by a white policeman, getting searched, bringing dogs into the play and searching the car, if that's standard, I don't want to go there. So, this was back in 2006, you know. So, I mean, that 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 was a while ago. But I mean, I think every athlete can say he's experienced some sort of it. I heard it on, on the field. Um, 
one of the stories I've told before when I played in Oakland was somebody said a derogatory term about Tyson Alualu and his family. Yeah. And I didn't like it, and I made it a habit of not even really using my words like I probably should have, but I tried to hop the barricade and con- confront the gentleman. Um, thankfully, Coach Tuck was there and said, if I hop over the barricade, you're sitting. So the decision was pretty clear to me. You bring up a good point about gener- like generations. You know, you, We want to say it is getting better, and, and, and I truly believe in terms of racism, yes, it, it is getting better in sports or in society, but I also think that we surround ourselves with the people that we want to be surrounded by. I think sometimes, especially with social media and stuff, that we turn uh, a blind eye or we just don't notice other people that don't think with our philosophies, other people that, that don't think our way, um, that are maybe a little bigoted, a little racist, and we just ignore them. Um, and I'm not saying that we call those people out, but it is passed down through generations and generations. And I think you would agree with me, Brent, where it's not even close to being fixed yet. It's not even close to being solved. And I think one of the solutions that we can bring to the table is the fact that we do talk about it. We do call those out who are wrong because it's so easy just to live in a bubble. It's so easy just to surround yourself with positive people, people that share your same beliefs. It's hard. It sucks to get in arguments about race. It sucks to call somebody out. It absolutely sucks to to say, like, this guy's in the wrong. I'm standing up for what's right. Um, I experienced that, and then it's my last story, and then I'll let you talk again. Um, I experienced that with Colin Kaepernick. Now, regardless of what people think about Colin Kaepernick, he took a knee for social injustice. Um, I think that was clear. Now, people have their own opinions about it. Um, I supported him, and, I, and I'll be wholeheartedly true. I supported the guy. What hurt me and I guess what made me upset about myself was when that happened, I had a lot of people that I grew up with, a lot of people that I grew up with in Wisconsin where I came from, that reached out and said NFL players are this, NFL players are that. Um, some use some derogatory terms. Some use terms that just weren't that cool. And it was the biggest regret, one of the biggest regrets of my life where I didn't get on Facebook, I didn't get on Twitter and share my feelings because I thought, well, what's the point? I'm just going to cause an argument. I'm not going to inspire anybody that doesn't think like me. They're just going to you know, say, well, you're in the wrong. It's going to be an argument back and forth. And I didn't want the drama. I didn't want the argument. And so much where I asked my friend AP, I'm like, dude, I, I want to say something on Facebook, but I just don't want the backlash. I don't want the, I don't have the conversation because it's just, it's, it's exhausting. Um, it's an effort. And my, you know, my friend AP said, dude, that's, that doesn't matter. You're in a position where people are going to listen to you. People are going to hear your voice. People need to hear your voice. Uh, he's like, it's very selfish of you to have opinions, to be an NFL player and not say anything. And I ended up not saying anything. And that's a big regret that I have on, on the whole Kaepernick issue because I felt like maybe I should have reached out to people, said something. But I think that we can't get comfortable. We can't get, we can't ignore people. We can't take the easy way out like I did with the Kaepernick thing, not calling people out. We have to, I don't want to say we want to welcome the adversity, welcome the confrontation, but it's those conversations right there where even if you change one person's mind, it's going to make the world a difference in the end. Yeah, I think it's it's well said. Uh, and I think what you just hit on is really interesting because 
that's what Corver wrestled with here. Like mm-hmm. he took a while. He wanted to write this thing for a long time. And I thought that was fascinating. He used his platform to your point, using the platform. And I'm not even so sure it's always about changing somebody's mind. I do think it's about the discussion and listening to both sides. And what, what happens is, and it's very difficult to do, you use the word exhausting. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a good word because we live like that right now in politics, right? Yes. Politics. Nobody wants, I don't want to talk, I'm honest, I do not want to talk politics on this show. I'm right with I you. I mean, and I'm, by the way, and I'm not afraid to say I'm in the middle guy. And like, I think a lot of people say I'm in the middle. Mm. I am in the middle. Like, I am not one way or another. We live in a world now where everybody's on this side or this side, and they are staunchly on those sides. I mean, most people, it feels like are. I'm not. I'm in the middle. So I can discuss both if you want. But it's very hard. If you're trying to convince somebody this day and age of something else, it's a hard thing to do. Yes. Because people are staunchly secure on whatever side they are, and they're not dying off the hill. They're not moving off the hill. So from that standpoint, I get it. But I do think athletes, and this was really one of my broader issues of this, because we could talk about this for hours, and I I think this is a topic we should talk about more often, and we will on this show. But I like that Kyle Korver went out there and did it. That was an interesting view. My perception is, okay, this is a black league, essentially, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it sometimes in the NFL. I get it sometimes in baseball, Major League Baseball. I you know, at least the perception is, okay, there are a lot of white people playing, so you could have a lot of racist people yeah. pointing fingers, saying something derogatory. But talk about the NBA. It's like there's a ton of black athletes in the NBA. Yeah. There are stars. People worship these black athletes, yet it's still prevalent. And I thought Kyle Korver did a good job of bringing that up, bringing that to a different kind of attention. And he even used in there, he said, you know what? We've all heard it. We've all experienced it. Mm-hmm. Whether we're white or black, we've heard it and experienced it, and we're sick and tired of it. So to your point of view, you've got to raise the questions. You've got to talk about it. You've got to discuss, and that will be beneficial to everybody moving forward. It won't change overnight. No. We kind of know that. Yeah. But it will be beneficial to everybody. So if you haven't had a chance to read the article, I thought it was very good, very well done, and and brave of Kyle Korver to kind of put himself out there as a guy people know in the NBA and take us behind the curtain. And I think that's what Players Tribune does, um, and we'll never be afraid to do that here on the show, too. I I think it can be a tough topic at times. Mm -hmm. I'll admit that. But – you got you to gotta be careful with the topic because people do get very sensitive and also uh, passionate about it. Yeah. But uh, that's also what it's for. we got a platform to be able to do it. We'll do it at times. We'll get back to the Leonard Fournette situation. We'll put a bow on the show. Coming up on ESPN 690. Thanks for hanging out on a Thursday. All right, I feel like we didn't talk about the Kyle Korver story enough. Uh, we're going to obviously run out a little bit of time, but uh, anytime you want to bring it up on the show, we'll talk more about that topic in sports. And, and again, I think there's a couple of different uh, ways to go here. There's one, acknowledge what's going on, and that's what Kyle Korver's article did to me. And it really opened my eyes to uh, the NBA and that line of saying we're sick and tired of it means it's happening a bunch and – some guys, to your point, Austin, are afraid to get into that exhaustive mm-hmm. conversation at times. Not afraid, but just you need time. You need time They're and energy, energy to be yeah. able to do it. And I get it. That's that's uh, that's understandable. But I also think it goes back to players and platforms. And platforms are can be used in so many respects. And I think we just saw a fantastic illustration of that with Dwayne Wade. That commercial Budweiser did was an, yeah. it just a tremendous, tremendous illustration of how important athletes can be in communities, in society, and how loud and and 
powerful and strong their messages can be. I think we see it all the time with Tim Tebow and what Tebow has done and how he uses his platform. And he talks openly about that. Tebow talks about, I want to have the platform to be able to share this stuff, my message, help people. And he does that all over the globe. So I, I think it's really cool when athletes get that and use it. It's not their responsibility in my view. Like everybody wanted Tiger Woods, you know, over these last 25 years to kind of do what LeBron James does now. LeBron mm-hmm. James is not afraid to speak on these issues. Yeah. But and and I think that's admirable. And mm-hmm. by the way, I also don't think you have to agree with every single thing the guy says. Just because mm-hmm. we talk about black and white issues at times doesn't mean you always have to agree. But you have to acknowledge, exactly. <laughs> I think. Yeah. And I, I believe that uh, like Tiger Woods, I never thought, had the responsibility to carry society with him on his platform. I didn't feel mm. that. But yeah. a lot of people did. A lot of people crushed Tiger Woods for that. Yeah. I didn't. I don't. Listen, it can be powerful. It can be good, but I want it to be genuine, too. Exactly. And if you Don't want put Tiger Woods just to put up a front and say, hey, this is what you should do, and this is what I believe, and, well, if it's not real, not genuine, not in your heart, not passionate about mm-hmm. it, well, then don't do it. And so I, I'm i not one of those that rip Tiger Woods uh, for that. I think it has to be something you believe in, you mm-hmm. want to do. And now Tiger has a different – you know, he grew up in a day and age where he didn't have the voice like he has now. Like LeBron James has a voice of social media. Yeah. He's got his own shows. He's sitting mm-hmm. in a barber shop doing on yeah. HBO or wherever else he's doing it. So that's a little bit different too. So athletes do have more of a voice now. Exactly, and it's like you said, Brent, with Tiger Woods, um, a guy who was at the top of his sport, who was uh, the household name. I would rather have him be himself and be who he was than put on the act and put on the cloak. And act like it's something that you're not, you know, because if, if it's not genuine, that actually that's going to hurt the cause. Yeah, that's the, the, the that's going to make it worse in the long run, uh, for, in, in my opinion. So absolutely. Yeah. Uh, how about this? Speaking of uh, Tiger Woods and the Masters, what he's we got? two under par. He is uh, a couple of shots back of the lead. We have a new leader, Brooks Kepka. This okay. guy, he's unbelievable in the big events. Kepka four under through 13 holes. Several players at three under now, and a litany of players at two under. A couple. Of Players at two under, Dustin Johnson, I'm sorry, three under, Dustin Johnson, Ian Poulter, uh, Kevin Kisner still on the course and three under par. And then Kepka just birdied three of the last four holes to start his back nine. He goes to the 14th hole at four under par in the lead. So uh, he is making an early move. The guy knows how to win. He's got three major championships under his belt. Big story today, Leonard Fournette Mm -hmm. arrested after a speeding ticket, not because of this speeding ticket, but one he did not pay, had a suspended license uh, from back in November. And we've talked about it a lot today. Uh, What does it mean for the organization? What does it mean for the trust factor in Leonard Fournette? Uh, Legally, it's not, quite frankly, a big, big deal. Uh, He'll pay it and it'll be over and done with. But it's the headliner of the day all across Jacksonville. It's on TMZ. It's on ESPN. This is something Leonard Fournette did not need in an offseason where it looked like he was building momentum, working out in Wyoming, trying to get himself in good shape, trying to maybe earn that $7 million back that the Jags took away from him. And this is definitely a bump in the road. Hopefully we'll get a chance to hear from Leonard, definitely get a chance to hear from the Jags, Doug Marone, next week about this instance and how the team feels about it the team did issue a statement but it was really hey we're we're working on details we won't comment any further we know that it happened and that was it and i think you were gone for this part brent but i got into the to the discussion where 
Leonard Fournette is at fault, right? I mean, it's his responsibility to pay that ticket. It's his responsibility not to get in jail. I mean, that's that's a given. But I got into the the detail where being an NFL player, you have people in your corner. You have your agent. Maybe you have a financial advisor. There are people. So you're only as good as the people that you surround yourself. And, yeah. and this is a good discussion for Leonard Fournette. And this is a good discussion for the, the bigger scale of, you know, racism and bigotry. You're only as good as the people that you surround yourself with. So I'm I'm not saying it's not Leonard Fournette's fault that he got arrested. But you also got a question if you're Fournette right now. Who are the people around me? Absolutely. Because somebody didn't do their job. And that's just, that's yeah, and Leonard might not have done his, but somebody else is also in there saying, hey, I'll take care of this for you, and I didn't do exactly. it. Exactly. Right? Someone's got to have your back. And by the way, Leonard Fournette needs to get his foot off the gas pedal. Yeah. I mean, he really does. Mm-hmm. He obviously, you know, everybody gets speeding tickets. Mm-hmm. But there was one speeding ticket, right? 80 and a 45. Yeah. I mean, that well, one's wrong. again, you got I, I I will be so hypocritical if I tell somebody not to speed. It's not like I've never sped before mm-hmm. in a car. I mean, probably do it more often than I should. Yeah. But again, you you know the situation. If if you have some, you got to just stare clear of all this. And I will remind people, he's 24 years old. You make bad decisions sometimes, and this is not isolated. This is not that big a deal. On its own, it's not that big a deal. I firmly believe it. But. In totality, it could be a big deal for the future, for this year. We need to find out what to ex- – we don't know what to expect from Leonard Fournette in 2019. And that organization doesn't know inside that building. They don't know what to expect either. That's an issue. That's the bigger issue. Forget about the speeding ticket, at least for a day. That's the bigger issue. What to expect out of Leonard Fournette in 2019. He needs to have a big year. Off-season conditioning starts next week. All right, that's going to do it for a Thursday. Bunch of stuff happening. Go back and check out the Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 podcast. Hit publish this time, Coos. And uh, you right. can always check it out on Facebook, <laughs> YouTube, Twitch, and on Twitter as well. Thanks to Stuart Weber, Marcel Robinson for stopping by. Thanks to Coos, always doing a good job. Austin Lane, I'm Brett Martin. I'll see you on TV. In fact, I'll see you on CBS 47 and Fox 30 in about four minutes. I'm going to run down there right now. If I'm sweating, that's why. Thanks for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.